The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We got a lot, a lot, a lot to get into. Uh, definitely is going to be football centric. If you're a fan of Dan Davis's show, you know we usually go around to division to division and talk to experts and reporters to find out what's happening around NFL. I know a lot of you have been waiting for us to transition to a little bit more NFL chatter, and that's what you're going to get. Joining us to help us break down the AFC South, we're going to have Jim Aiello uh, from the Indy Star. He's going to join us then. Past show guest Benjamin Albright is going to give us Denver, probably a little bit of AFC East because we all know who's going to win the AFC East, and we don't need to really focus on it. AFC West. Yeah, I just said Denver, and then the AFC East. You said, isn't Denver in the AFC West? Yeah, yes. you said AFC East, AFC East. I get that. I'm, I, I get it. Can I do my open? <laughs> I just I just don't know look at Denver. me. D started. I just the know Denver, Denver is Denver's in the West. That's all. Yes, Denver's in the West. I'm saying Denver. Our listeners are smart enough to know he's given us that division since it's a division breakdown and the AFC West. Uh, Thank you. Now you just no, said West. I meant East. You <laughs> just got me confused. We're not really doing the East because the Patriots are going to win. The Dolphins suck. That's true. That's why I'm not. we're not focusing on so we can. No hey, Buffalo Bill love? No. I, even though Josh Allen, who I told Hub Arkish. What you tell Hub? I liked in that draft, and he said he was trash. But Hub did say that Baker Mayfield was going to be the man. Yeah, he did. Even though bump Baker Mayfield and his arrogance. <laughs> it was funny to read that article talking about how he really wasn't sad about throwing that uh, flag down in Ohio, and that when they made him apologize to higher-ups at Oklahoma, that he was like, he said, my mouth was open that they made me apologize. And then the interviewer asked him, uh, zero to 100, how honest were you? How honest was the apology? He was like, zero. Or 100, he was like, zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the same interview, I think, because it was Sports Illustrated, they mentioned that Odell uh, Beckham said that it was all personal with the Giants, and they, yeah. they sent him there because they thought he was going to die and kill his career. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. Sent him there to die. It's going to be interesting. And to help us actually break down that division, uh, Josh Roundtree is going to help us break down the uh, AFC North. Correct? Yeah, yep. AFC North. He's gonna He reports on the Steelers, but we're going to break down the entire division. And, of course, we break down the Steelers. Now we have to break up, bring in the rising Browns. And, of course, what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson in that defense? I'm Kenneth Davis. You already heard his voice. His name is? D. Demonspero. What's going on, everybody? Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D. And Davis Show. Once again, it's at D. And Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D. And Davis Show. You can check us out there. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, or on Anchor. We'll kick you over to Spotify and YouTube. YouTube, all right, so download, rate, share, subscribe, all that good stuff with the podcast. I'm on Twitter at Demons One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis. A Zig producer of the D and Davis Show and D and Davis the Flip. Ryan Bukovsky. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan B Ski. Uh, what? Did I, yeah, I said it right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know why I just threw myself off right there. Because it's a weird yeah. Twitter handle. <laughs> I don't know if it's weird. I think it's weird. I think he's Ryan B Ski. Feel like he's being sexual. Like oh, yeah. See, I think he has some little John on there. I think, you know how he gets down. I think that's and, what he's hinting at. And hanging out with us and always uh, recording us for the video on Mr. Uh, Guy Stevens. Guy's on Twitter at Pay the Guy. Who's battling Ryan for the beer contest. Mm. Hey, I'm getting in there. No, no, no. I'm trying. I'm trying. Come back, brother. <laughs> but you don't spend enough time with yours, I feel like. No, I just brush it. Yeah, I don't think you make yours as luxurious. No, no. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if I can get mine there, though. I don't know. I just got to really just 
It takes some time. You could get there. Why couldn't you get there? It just takes a long time. Well, you are here for the, the D uh, was going to grow dreads thing from about seven months ago. <laughs> I tried. And I was like thinking, I, tried. I don't know about this. <laughs> and then he quit and I was like, I was believing in you, but I didn't see that happening. I almost bought some shampoo that was supposed to be for hair growth. And then I said, I'm going to waste my money on this. Get you some of them hymns. <laughs> Real game? Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's up there, but it's just very fine and thin. Yeah, you're going to twist that up and it's going to come straight <laughs> off. It's like, lock off. <laughs> hey, man, a lot of brothers doing those uh, wigs. You they would, weave. You, I would never do you that. You wouldn't spend money on that. No, I would. Because that's your grip. Yeah. That's, I, need to invest, you, I need to invest in and learn how to do it. Can you? Yes. Can you? How do you shower? It's just like um, like a toupee. But I'm saying the top of your head has to be filthy because you're not going to huh? just take it off. You got to no, rock no, that for no, like no. weeks. You wash, it with your, you wash it with your hair on. With your, uh, on your head. Yes, but it's covering your scalp. Your scalp is under there dirty is what I'm saying. Oh. Yes. Well, you know what? No, I think with, I think filthy with, scalp. No, 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 no. Sweaty, I think, filthy. I think with I think with those uh I guess I guess we call it a man. A no. man. It's a toupee. They especially put that toupee. Thing and they slap but it's like it a mesh. There. I think it's like a mesh that will at least no, get the water to get to your head, no, though, they right? Don't cuz it's a glue thing that they use on top of there. No, 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 oh. no. You Maybe are. it's like a football field. You put the crown and then it just rains off. No. I mean, no. Well, it doesn't matter. Ventilation system. Your scalp is still filthy. Little little spots for look, it to get through. Look, and there's no air up. getting to it. We got to look this up. They put a, what'd you say? That's my cousin. Uh, I know he does a, um, he, he he came in with some dreads one time, like a, a fade with the dreads at the top and faded on the side. Mm-hmm. Without warning, family party. One day he was bald, next day he came in with the dreads. <laughs> <laughs> you got some extensions. So wait, were you all kind to him or did y'all roast him? He's a comedian. Okay. Uh, he does stand up. Okay. I did, but he's serious about his hair. Uh, so I don't. I didn't. I didn't know whether to laugh or to just act like it wasn't there. So you didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. Nope. Nobody. Said the anything. whole family let that ride. Yeah. You guys are kind. I figured I was gonna say they, they too nice because in my family they would have toasted him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you are a comedian. You look like a damn fool. Yeah, what? <laughs> Yesterday I'm gonna laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, that one. No, dude. No, dude. No, dude. Wow. Hey, I mean, you know what? Uh, um, a girl I used to work with, she she had locks and she saved them. But then she was like, I think I'm going to grow them back. But instead of taking the time to grow them back, she put her own hair back in as extensions. So mm. she did that, you know, until her hair kind of grew out a little bit longer. Now she kind of, I guess, has her dreads to the length that she wants them. Yeah. But I don't know. That's what Freddie Wap did when he first got dreads. He, mm-hmm. Someone cut their dreads off and he put them in his head. Which yeah, is I think T-Pain does that. When we saw him in concert, his hair was short. The next thing you know, I saw him in Breakfast Club, his hair was down his back. Did you ever say that about T-Pain? And Chanel was like, he got some, he got some weave in his hair. Those are extensions, sir. I know you. Did you ever say that? I seen you live. He you had a feed. He had a good Breakfast Club. He did. He had a great concert. I will say this. Two things you should do if you can. One, go see T-Pain in concert. Great Great concert. I was. Pl- I, I'm a T Pain fan, but I was, I'm even more of a fan because of his concert. And two, go see Hamilton before it leaves Chicago. We're in Chicago. Go see Hamilton. Unbelievable. Best thing I think I've ever seen in my life. It was basically. We always talk about this too, Ken and I. Uh, pinpoints like on the t- on the hip hop timeline. This is one of them. It is unbelievable. It has to be. I'm, I'm definitely going to go see. It was. The stage was a turntable. Basically, mm. just think about that. Just think about that. And the sound, if you ever heard the soundtrack, take a listen to it. One of the songs on there is not even my, my, one of my favorite songs. After seeing it live is now my favorite song because of the visual and what they did with it. So I'm going to say, unbelievable, 
55 bucks for uh, a balcony seat, but you can see everything. Go do it. All right. Getting to some news in the NFL. Uh, Cowboys sign uh, linebacker um, Jalen Smith. Damn. Sorry. Jalen Smith got a five years, I believe, 65 Ooh. million with 35.5 guarantee, wow. making him the third highest paid linebacker in the league. Guys in the top five. Yeah. You know what? I always think about this when it comes to NFL contracts, though. Especially with the Cowboys. They have so much money. And yes, it is tied to it because they have a very hard cap. I get that. Mm-hmm. But 35, you said 35 or 32? 35. 35 million is like a drop in a bucket for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, it is going to get the cap. I understand that. We're talking about guaranteed money. And half of it is not guaranteed. But the guy is unbelievable. Before we start, before we cut the mics on, we were talking about his speed and athletic, uh, athleticism. Fast. It's unbelievable. And this is on a bad knee from what you all Guy with had, nerve yeah, damage. Nerve damage. And how he came back. Scared he was a standout. Off. Standout in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But... It's just, I think the interesting point in this, I think he, I think we knew he was going to, I think we knew he was going to take the money because of his health, right? But uh, Ezekiel Elliott isn't signed, Dak Prescott isn't signed, and is, um, who did trade for, uh, the wide receiver? Amari Cooper. 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 He, he signed, he's not no, signed to it. He's, he's, he's not signed. So your three main guys aren't signed, but you give money guaranteed 32 million oh 35 million i'm sorry you gotta fit them all anyway yeah I, I, so they're already I, just trying to so he's he accepted the the money that fits into the slots that they want for these players. players okay so that's the real thing and then remember like a couple years from now they're going to be moving the money around with these deals they are but what do you remember mean? like emmett smith moved money in his contract to get uh Dion on the team oh okay they were taking less money you saying or, 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 or deferred or, or whatever yeah, just switch yeah. getting a bonus so it doesn't hit the cap but it hit you get it that year or whatever but they're gonna they're gonna have to to keep some of these players let's not forget they have the center and the left tackle there's, there's their deals have got to be coming to an end not to say i think the center is going to be kept but the left tackle may not be uh, but then you have the the uh, middle linebacker. He's going to – but I'm sure he was a higher-round pick. He was a first-round pick, I believe. So they don't have to worry about it. But he's going to get signed. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jalen Smith got paid. It's good for him. In an article from ESPN, it reads on how he would have been a free agent, but did, he wanted the security, as we were talking about before, due to the knee injury. And not being paid is – I mean, he was going to be a top-five pick. All right? And yeah. he didn't get top-five money due to this injury. Cowboys knew he was going to be out that first year. Uh, actually delayed when he gets free agency because he didn't accrue the year. Somebody asked me today about Ezekiel again, like, is he going to play? Because they were talking about their fantasy. I said, dude, he's not out of his rookie deal. If he doesn't play, he doesn't accrue a year, and he needs to accrue two more years. He has to play. But he had to sit out because this is his strongest leverage while they're in this window where Jalen Smith and all these players that they have on this team, they can kind of try to see if they can fit them or just go for a run this year if they can't fit them. So he, he this is the year he had to pull it because if he waited if he waited till he had free agency, the Cowboys going to be like, dude, get your ass out of it. We wore the treads off of you. And then they're going to yeah. start bringing up all that off the field off stuff. Off the field then. stuff. Oh man, you did this and this. He's like, man, Jerry, you told me you didn't care about that. That's when you were young and fly. <laughs> Carry your ass home. So uh, definitely that was one thing. Also, you have uh, A.B., Antonio Brown, whose name should not be spoken, uh, was wearing a certified helmet in practice, and John Gruden says that he's all in and ready to go. Now, this isn't – it's not the helmet that he wants, mm-hmm. but it's just a certified helmet mm-hmm. that – He's know, supposed says, to wear. Supposed to wear, yeah. I mean, I mean listen, A.B. is um, – he's an interesting dude. Uh as I think I said a few weeks ago, these cats 
these cats have money now, so it kind of turns up their personality to 10. Uh, past 10, I should say, probably to 50. Um, and he's just excess. I mean, he's just he's just being him. Uh, when it comes to the helmet, though, I, I, there is has to be some level of comfort playing in something that you have been playing for for years. He's never had any kind of head, well, at least that we know of, any kind of uh, trauma. The Bengals. The game. Bengals. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, but I mean, it happens in the NFL. Yes. Uh, but that but was also to, he was being headhunted too. Right, right. But it's not it hasn't been anything conta- not contagious, but repetitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah, AB has another head injury. He's out, he's out, he's out, anything like that. So and he knows his body too. So I mean, it's gonna it, it was it's gonna have to be resolved all the way before the season starts because he's gonna play. Actually on the same team with the offender, Montez Burfick. Oh yeah, forget about that. It's funny how perfect you're not even. And I mean, I haven't been watching Hard Knocks, but just from all the news there, you haven't heard anything about him there because AB's been. I won't say whining because taking care of your head is very important. Mm-hmm. But at one point, you know and get the fact that certification is certification, and your helmet is old. I heard someone on it may have been first take this morning he said he had that uh, he had that helmet since like Pop Warner. That's what made type. me think. Damn, your head was the same size since you was like a teenager. <laughs> or a little watermelon head boy out there. Yeah, like you grew into that. <laughs> hey, jug huh? head. So, but uh, yeah, said he's had that helmet since before he was at Central Michigan. And that, I mean, and it gives you uh, more of a reason to know why he's so attached to it. Also, mm-hmm. you know who had the same issue? Uh, Frank Gore. And he tried to see if he can keep his helmet too. And the league, I mean, even I'll say this with both of these players outside of Montez Perfect, and Montez Perfect was aiming at. Uh, Antonio Brown's head. They haven't really had a lot of uh, concussion issues when I think about it. In particular, you're talking about Frank Gore and uh, yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, about it a lot. Yeah, some credence to their attachment to this yeah. helmet. Yeah. But again, there are plenty of helmets. I get that you're comfortable with one, and unfortunately, you're going to have to get out there and play to know how durable and how effective these newer helmets, which are supposed to be held, I mean, safer, are for you. But uh, it's kind of, to be honest with you, coming to a new team, being a player that's troublesome, you, I just don't want to hear it. And I, I'll add to this as a pro and a con, you make Ben Roethlisberger look better because you can point at you and Ben as being a problem in, in uh, Pittsburgh. But when you leave and you're still causing commotion and how much have we heard from Pittsburgh this offseason? None. It's, it's just, been fine. It's unnecessary. You've been paid. They gave you some change. They didn't have to give it to you, even though using a situation like this, a team knowing Ooh, the draft picks. Yeah. So it, it's just time to play football. It's time to get out there. I hate looking at such a great wide receiver. I think he's 30 catches away from having the most in a decade. Who uh, has the most catches in a decade in the NFL? Don't mm, look you, oh, oh, Don't you, you look there. Look oh, it it's a trivia question. Yeah, who has the most catches? You mean any decade? Yep. Julio Jones? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You talking about this past decade? Any decade. Any decade? Yep. I would think Jerry Rice. Nope. Number two. Really? Yep. Uh, Who's my man out there in Oakland? Tim Brown? Hell no. I'm just throwing out names now. What was his name? Mm. Is he ex-Steeler? You think Lynn Swan? And, I'm, I've just and those Franco Harris no, running not days. Since we were talking about Antonio Brown, and, maybe and you were, It just thought of we're you. getting that many receptions. We're not counting the tight end position. Yep. Oh, we are counting the tight end. Tight end is like number five. Tight end is on the list. Oh, it is a tight end on the list, but the number one overall yeah. is a wide receiver. Give me the tight end on the list too. While you're doing it, I was thinking about Tony, um, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Tony. yeah, Tony Gonzalez. Tony's like number five on the list. Yeah, most catches in one decade. Yep. 
Can I phone a friend and uh, not phone a friend? Guy, you didn't look this up, guy, did you? Damn it, guy. <laughs> uh, all right, guy. So no, the, guy, I can't tell. No, no, no. You. I was going to ask guy for for a hint. Randy Moss. No. Oh, I was going to ask guy. I'll for, give you a hint. Okay, give me a hint. Clearly, if you listen to this, when he asked about the 70s Steelers and me selling you no, it has to be someone who's played in the last, let's say, 20 odd years where passing has been just going through the roof in the NFL. That's a hit. I was you already you. said Jerry Rice. T.O., Michael Irvin. No, nope. No. Nope. I wouldn't think neither one of them as far as catches. Not. Not uh, Heinz Ward. You haven't named one person that goes along with Jerry Rice. He's not number one, but he's like number four. That goes along with Jerry Rice? As far as being an older receiver that if you think about it, you would. And you've actually. Oh, uh, my man's on Fox Sports right now? Um, CC. Oh, yeah. Chris Carter. He's number one? No. Damn. (laughs) Come on, guys. Now think of a team that started all this. Running gun. <laughs> That's close, but it wasn't the running It wasn't Reed. But it actually, they, their system was the number system, which is the the, the uh, run and shoot style. I'm sh- I'm stuck. I, I, it's not Andre Reed. No, hell no. Come on. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> what you got for me? Where's Sidney Brown? He played on one of the better offenses ever. He played on one of the better offenses ever. They made it to two Super Bowls. They made it to two Super Bowls. Sweet God. Who they else have we not named? Yeah, who else have we haven't named? We said Randy Moss. You said no yeah. to Randy Moss, right? They won a Super Bowl and lost a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl and lost a Super I'll Bowl. I'll give you the final hint. Damn, man, who is it? Jay Cutler told his coach to shut the F up. Oh, oh, oh uh, Tory Holt Torrey or Holt? Isaac Bruce? There we go, Torrey Holt. Holt. Okay. I wouldn't have, I, that's why. I okay. totally forgot that, about Torrey that, Holt. <laughs> that's why we could Greatest completely show, forgot Greatest about. show on turf. Man, I hated that greatest show on turf. Oh, I loved it. Throwing that Brock old. Remember, dude, remember, yeah. listen, if they had a running game, well, not if they had a running game. They had a running game. If Marts stuck to the run, yeah. they would have been much better off. Yeah, they would But he have. wanted to show you. I mean, but listen, it, it, it definitely worked. He went to two Super Bowls. Yeah, and he, the one that he was head coach and they lost. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't, uh, oh yeah, that's right. No, yeah. that's right. They went to Which name uh, had left by then? Because they lost, to, they were the first team to lose uh, Patriots, right? Yeah. Yes, the yeah. Patriots. Yeah. That, yeah, that was Tom Brady. Wasn't Tom even good. Terrific's first one. That was Spygate, wasn't it? No, mm-hmm. that was that yeah, was you're right. you're right. I think no, so. That was Spygate. You're right. Oh, that you're right. was. Yeah, that was right. later on. But yeah. Tom, and that was a that was the old Ben Roethlisberger Steelers, and I mean it was that was before, so it wasn't that old. But it was the old don't mess it up quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, then Tom Brady became mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Even you saw Very some true. of it, but also remember Drew Bledsoe had to come in during that because Brady got hurt. Brady got mm-hmm. hurt. He got hurt playing against the no 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 opposite. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. No no no. I'm saying in the playoffs, Bledsoe had to play. I think it was against Buffalo. Um. Drew Bledsoe had to come in and start, and the question was, will he continue to start? I don't think Tom. The, the game before, I think you're right about that. I, I think know he I'm right. was. I don't need you to tell me that. I know I'm right. How you gonna? But he, Tom Brady, right. also came in for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, the point you're being misleading in some ways. No, I'm. All I'm saying is, I was pointing out that after Brady was starting, Drew Bledsoe came in again, mm. just showing you that Brady. Not to say he did, he wasn't going to start again, but there was question with Bledsoe winning. Would you put the youngster? He wasn't a rookie, but second or third year player back in. That was the point that mm. I was getting okay. to. Uh, you know what? Listen, I, that was so long ago, and yes, that was the greatest show on turf. I never would have thought of Tory. It would if we, I by now. I would have said Tory Holt. I would have said Tory Holt by now. Man, no, I, I, I gotta admit right that on that one, I, I did not think of the. Is he Hall of Fame? Rams. Yes. Rams. 
Yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame though. He, but he, I mean, but think about how they do receivers. <laughs> look at T.O. Look at um. Let me see. Look how long they did. And I know these are players that had T.O. Didn't really have off the field issues. Look how they did no, Chris Carter. How did he who? Chris Carter. But I think a lot of stuff with Chris the, Carter was hey, was off the field. That's stuff. his nose. <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, now, and then on top of that, when he was when he was a drug addict, that was before he was really Chris Carter. I mean, even though he had a famed history at Ohio State, but still, you're talking about him, life straight in Minnesota, Chris Carter. If he would have won a one of two world, I'm not world series. No, nope, he wouldn't be uh, Super Bowl. Harris. I think he. No, 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 not at all. I'm not about to say that. I think if he won one or two Super Bowls, I think he would have been in. Just like you could look at Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was a beast, though. But Chris Carter was a beast. He too. was too. But who was but, better? But Michael Irvin won championships. That's all. I, that's all I'm saying. Who was better? It ain't, mm. that, it ain't that hard. Tory Holt. No, you talking about between Chris Irvin. I mean, Chris Irvin. Michael Tory Irvin. Tory Hurt and, wasn't and, better uh, than Chris Carter. No, no, you talking about between Michael Irvin and Chris Carter. I'll put all three. Tory Hurt, Tory Hurt wasn't better than Chris Carter. No, he wasn't. Chris Carter's hands was just unbelievable. And his. It was like glue. Yes. His and, footwork, his glue, everything. Michael Irvin was a beast, though. But he had. I give you, I give Michael you, I give you, couldn't, head, run a, Chris, couldn't, couldn't run, run a route, route if you set, gave it to him. But he also brought a lot of those intangibles. Yeah, I agree. On that I, team. Man, Chris Carter. He was the head. Woo. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Woo, dude. In Philadelphia and Minnesota, he was unbelievable. Chris Carter was a beast. Now listen, hold check this out. And then he was a beast even as old. I mean, of course you had Randy on the other side. Uh-huh. As an old man, he was still he was great. Beast. His his stretch, Chris Carter, if he was two feet away from the first down, his stretch game was unrealistic on you thought you had him. He was gonna he's basically dribbling a ball. Like he was a, like yeah. oh man, Chris Carter was. He was a great. Beast. Now Tory Holt retired in 2010. So that's nine years ago. I mean, he is in the Hall of Fame. You get a five-year, uh, is after five years, right, to get uh, considered? Yeah, but receivers, though, it's always an uh, issue with, they don't, I mean, like, you got to be, like, great. And yeah. they, are we sure he's not in the Hall? No. no he's not. Nope. I'm looking at his standards right. right Super Bowl now. champion, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, first-team All-Pro 2003, second-team All-Pro 2006, uh, NFL reception leader in 2003, two-time NFL uh, receiving yard leader 2000 and 2003, uh, 2000 All-Decade team, AFC player, this is college, ACC player of the year and ACC offensive player of the year. That was in 98. As of 2016, Holt has been a second-year semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. He's going to so you think he'll get in? It's not in question. Okay, He's in. all right. Because I mean, think about it. It's it's basically. I don't know if Isaac Bruce is going to get in. I mean, they're both not getting in. Falk, he's getting in. Falk is is already in. Kurt Warner's he's already in. in. The, Kurt Warner's receiver is going to get in. He's okay, get in. I'm not going to fight. He's a second year semifinal. I mean, because if you think about it, the receivers who's up now for receiver? Because we were wait we were waiting to get T O and C C in there. Yeah. Who's up now? It took a minute. But like I said, though, I think off the field stuff kind of kept them out for a while. I'm not, but even, dog, there are other receivers that people would still, like, I don't know, maybe largest in. There are a couple of other old time receivers that people say should, still should be in the Hall of Fame. And they don't, like, they, it's one of those things, especially now with the numbers being increased. Dog, what, what? He, he is the all time decade leader as far as receptions in the NFL. He'll be number two. It will be Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. But still, and this and Antonio Brown is playing in an even more pass happy league than Tory Holt was. Yeah, that's true. Like they were still running the rock a little bit. Uh is Reggie Wayne, you think he's gonna get he's gonna get into the Hall of Fame? No, but he I, I He got mean, a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, he's not gonna get in the Hall of Fame. You know the problem He only though? beat Rex Grossman. You know what the problem though is? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you poo poo on you like that. Uh what's you the, in it. What's the name would have? Who? 
um, Marvin Marvin Harrison, uh, Harrison. Marvin Harrison until he stopped letting that shooting people, letting that heat ride. And I mean, so it kind of boost, uh, it kind of boosts Reggie. But I love Reggie Wayne. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love a little dance he used to do. Yeah, Reggie uh, was cold. Reggie boy. was cold, but he yeah. was still he was the X factor, but the second to Marvin Harrison mm-hmm. for most of that time. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Harrison isn't like man, you talk about off the field. <laughs> and anything is like it's not. We don't it even. It was know so low key. Then nobody saw that coming. You knew. Like, did you ever read the people? story about that? He did. He kill that guy? No. He just shot him. Right? Uh, okay. <laughs> but I thought he like did. His right. Fa- his father. Like his story begins. I forgot where I was reading this. If it was Sports Illustrated, or if it was ESPN, or something else. But it goes on about how he didn't really grow up. I don't think with his father. But his father was like, oh man, he was dangerous. And it talks about like one of his brothers and kind of like the same and just how, you know, he's quiet and all this, but you just don't play with Marvin Harris. And the gun was the exotic. Like, no, you don't play with both. Oh, OK. The, no, the don't play runs in the blood, okay. I guess I should say. OK. It's, it's, they, they breed it. <laughs> but uh, don't ever forget the name Harrison. Yeah, I know. Right. And, but the, the gun was some exotic. I believe it was like, oh. Man, yeah. Ooh, Marvin Harrison. But he's he, he, <laughs> hats off to you. He sir. got he got, he got away from that though, right? He didn't get. Oh, he's done. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. But it hurts his post. His post, but I mean, he got all the money. He gonna get in. And also, he was not a. He was not. A, he he did not play when it came to his dollars. All right, we're gonna continue the football discussion. We're gonna go to the AFC South. Jim Aiello from the Indy Star is gonna join us. He's the co-host for the uh, Colts Cover Two podcast. All right, Dean Davis. Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis, and from the Indy Star, we have the co-host of the Cover Two podcast, Jim Aiello. How you doing, Jim? How you doing? Yeah, Jim? sorry, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, I can hear you. How you guys doing? We're doing, doing fine. We're doing fine. So listen, man, let's get the big, big, big thing, the big story out of the room right now, and. Unfortunately, that's Andrew Luck, who last year, even though in the preseason it looked like his arm, his shoulder wasn't right. We, we remember uh, he had to come out because and Jacoby Brissett uh, had to come in to throw the long bomb. And unfortunately, it, it seemed like it was a calf due to the Kevin Durant injury. We all think about Achilles now. Um, how did how is it gone when it comes to the Indianapolis as far as the thoughts on the future of Andrew Luck? Because you would have to think after having such a good year last year, after being out for a year and a half, everyone's worries were put to a side. Have they been ratcheted up or is there still a feeling that he is the guy for the future? Or do you look at Jacoby Brissett in a different fashion, thinking that he may have to be the guy to carry this? No, I think feeling in Indianapolis. The feeling in Indianapolis is that the Andrew Luck is still the guy. Of course, everyone's kind of still scarred from from what happened in 2017 and him missing the season, and and obviously what's happening now with the calf slash ankle slash you know bone, all the weird things that kind of came out during that entire uh, you know during that kind of messy week last week in terms of trying to figure out you know what was going on with him, what was really in pain, what was what was really happening. But I don't think that the organization or the fans, most of them. Um, have begun to question whether or not Andrew Luck's the right guy to lead them into the very happy to have a guy like Jacoby Brissett as Andrew Luck's backup. I mean, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard sing his praises. They both believe that he's a a, a potential starting quarterback in this league. He started obviously and performed very well. Um, so they they're they're very comfortable with the position they're in in terms of having the backup quarterback. But I don't think anybody's looking to replace Luck at this point. Real quick, I want to ask you about Ballard. He was a guy that actually, before Ryan Pace got the job here in Chicago, I wanted him to take the job here when he was in KC. Looking at that offensive line and everything he's done so far, how would you rate the job that he's done since he's took over the role of general manager? 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know how you can. It's 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 still early, obviously, but I don't know how you can give him anything but an A at this point. I mean, what, like exactly like you said, he's Indianapolis has had a history of a, of a tough offensive line, especially around Andrew Luck, and that thing got rebuilt in almost you know two years, obviously with Quentin Nelson being the highlight draft pick, and then I mean, how can you argue with a guy having two All Pros in and um, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson as his first two picks last year. I mean, that that's just kind of unheard of in terms of being able to do that. I know the Saints did it a couple of years ago, but other than that, really, you don't see that very often. So the Chris Ballard has built a very strong team, very deep team. Um, they have talent at a lot of different positions. I still think that there, there was a report came out last week that that said there's teams calling about the cold steps and trying to trade for guys right now before, you know, before cut day in, in a week or so here. And so, yeah, he's turned this team around and it, and he was very clear that when he took over the team, that it wasn't just going to be about 12. It wasn't just going to be about Andrew Luck. They had to build a team around him that was capable of winning, even if he wasn't going to be there. And I think that might be put to the test the first couple of weeks of the season. We'll see. But I think he's built a uh, an incredibly dynamic and and deep team. Dean Davis on the line right now. We have Jim Aiello. Follow him at Jim Aiello. Real quick before D jumps in, I want to stick with Ballard, maybe even the coaching staff with Wright. How's the relationship? And I know it's early, so everything's at a honeymoon with them and the owner, Jim Ursay. We we know sometimes Ursay can just come out and say things he writes to check. <laughs> How's that going so far? We haven't had any slip-ups from him up late. How's everything with uh, Jim and the guitars up down there in Indy? No, for sure. I mean, I mean, you kind of, he did kind of seem like couldn't put him in a bind. He, he, he recently, he said was on Sirius XM and kind of mentioned something about Andrew's injury that didn't necessarily end up being the newest or most relevant information after a few more tests. So I think they kind of both know what they signed up for. And the thing about Jim Irsa that they, that both Frank and Chris talk about is that if you look back at Jim's history, he's put in a lot of time around football teams. He came up as kind of a scout. I mean, obviously his dad owned the team, but he did, he did put in the time to learn football before he became a general manager himself. And then before he became an owner. So some of the guys that have worked for him in the past, guys like Bill Polian have said that he's one of the easiest owners to talk to just because he understands the game so well. So like you said, he can occasionally say things that kind of put his employees in a bind, but I think generally they all know how much he cares about winning and how much he cares about the franchise, and they like working for him most of the time, I would think. D and David show on the line was right now Jim Aiello. Make sure you follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Aiello. Uh, Jim, uh, as far as a star, well, let me ask you, like, let me ask you this. Who's a breakout star that you possibly watch it for or want to see when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts? Breakout star. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you talk about for the season or for uh, – yeah, for the free, season, for yeah, the free, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think Marlon Mack, actually the running back, is about ready to take another step forward. He is a do-it-all back right now that they can count on him to both catch the ball and run really effectively behind a very good offensive line. But the thing that they really like about him so far is that he's really shown a great acumen in, in picking up blitzes and pass blocking. So they know that they can trust him to keep him in on all three downs. Now they have kind of a, a scat back, a third down back, and Naheem Hines. But Marlon Mack is a guy they know they can keep in on three downs if they have to for, you know, during a series. So that that's one guy for sure that I think you can look for to kind of break out. And then the rookie that I would expect to have, you know, have good things happen this year is Rocky scene. He's the second round corner. They drafted very physical corner, play a lot of man in college. He's probably going to play a lot more zone. As you guys know, the Indianapolis Colts are kind of came from that Chris Ballard system where he, you know, he came up in Chicago. So mm-hmm. he plays that. He likes that cover too. Matt Eberflus came over from Dallas. They played that cover too. He learned it under Rod Marinelli. So that's the kind of defense that they play. So he's learning a little bit on the fly here, but he's a really talented corner. They really like his size and physicality. 
and there's another guy that I expect to maybe not right away shine and maybe not right away start, though that, that, that is up for grabs. That is something to definitely keep an eye on as the season moves along. Now, as far as the team, last year they finished with a 10-6 and six season. Yes, they make the playoffs. But what are some improvements that you want to see the team make this upcoming season? Yeah, so, I mean, what they need to do is – Rush the passer. I mean, that, that that's one of the things that they, they did okay to start the season. They got a few, I don't want to call them fluky, but it just seemed like they got some team sacks that didn't that necessarily were a little bit repeatable. And Marcus Hunt started the season really hot last year. Everybody was wondering if that was for real. Obviously, those sacks didn't keep going throughout the year. So they need to be able to rush the passer more and better. And so what they did was they obviously went out and got Justin Houston, the mm-hmm. pass rusher from Kansas City. They drafted a guy a couple of years, I mean, two years ago now. They're expecting to take a big step forward in Kamoko Ture. Uh, he's definitely more of a third down specialist, pass rushing specialist. But those are the, those are the two guys they really need to step up in terms of, of yeah of rushing the passer. Another guy they really like is kind of this Oakland Raiders cast off, Nico Autry. He played well last year. He's shining in training camp right now. He's kind of been the star of of the defense in training camp, and so they expect him to kind of be able to rush from the interior and get the pressure on the quarterback. But that's kind of the one area where they were really weak. The other area they were really weak is is the return game. They weren't great in punt returns. They weren't great in kick return. And so they need kind of somebody to step up. I think when they drafted Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, electric receiver there, they expected him to maybe take over that role. He's been hurt almost all of training camp with a hamstring injury. So that hasn't happened yet. So they're kind of waiting to see what they got in him. I was going to ask you about Paris Campbell, but you just answered that question as far as expectations <laughs> and should I add him to my fantasy team? <laughs> but basically it's no. Look, Jim, let me ask you this. I'm switching to the Texans and Jadavion Clowney. And with mm-hmm. me thinking about that contract, there's a fear of will his motor be maintained? And of course, sitting in Chicago, I don't see a lot of games. Uh, first, that first year, he really he was injured and he really didn't play up to his potential. One, would you give him that contract? And mm-hmm. is there fear as someone who follows the Colts of having such a pass rusher on an elite defense like the Texans? Well, I definitely think that there's always that fear. If you pay a guy, that they'll they'll kind of lose that motivation, that motor that that makes them so good, but. I, I, you know, the reason pass rushers are paid so well in this in this league is because they're so valuable and they're so hard to find. So if I was a Texans, yeah, it would be hard for me to to, to not give this guy the money because really, you don't. You, it's so hard to re- draft and replace these kinds of guys. It, and you, you see what you know. You guys know. You guys know well with Khalil Mack. I mean, the Bears had have had trouble trying to find pass rushers yeah. for the last few years. They they get a guy like Khalil Mack and he can change defense. Well. Clowney's probably not on max level, but he is still an elite pass rusher. So you, those guys don't grow on trees. So I, if I'm the Texans, I try to make it work. Dean Davis on the run right now, Jim Aiello, insider at Indy Star, and also the co-host of the Colts Cover 2 podcast. You got to let that Tony Dungy Cover 2 go. Look, real, <laughs> real quick before D chimes in, I want to ask you my last uh, question on the Texans. As far as Bill O'Brien's job safety, I, I know the offensive line isn't good down there, but they still have a lot of talented players. How long do you think the leash will be as far as O'Brien if they don't try to, I won't say get it done, but at least make moves when it comes to the playoffs in this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm with you. I think they kind of have to show that, take that next step, right? I mean, maybe win the division, maybe maybe get a bye. I know the AFC is going to be tough, but it seems like it's a little bit more open than it's been in past years. I don't. I don't know how quick the trigger will be on Bill O'Brien, but I know that if they're, if they're not a playoff team, and if, like you said, if they're not competing, to take the next step, 
uh, in the postseason. And again, and I think the biggest thing is, okay, can we bring along Deshaun Watson even further to get him to take that next step? Because that's obviously what Bill O'Brien, that's his biggest charge right now is to make sure Deshaun Watson one stays healthy and two delivers what I think, you know, I think there's a potential MVP in there if, if things go right. So if Deshaun Watson takes that next step and the Texans take that next step, then I think his job is obviously safe, but you're right. There, there's probably that lease probably got a little bit shorter than last year. Jim, I was just about to ask you about that and Deshaun Watson, if you actually believe that he is an MVP uh, candidate. So so you do believe that? He just told you he did. I, did, I, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, that's, a, that's a, I mean, I know Deshaun Watson is up there, but you have Patrick McHolmes who's probably going to be the leading favorite, but yes. you always have Tom Brady, you always going to have Drew Brees or Odecast up there. And Deshaun Watson, man, not being able to finish the season, now he's going to be an MVP contention. Man, that's something to say about the young fella. He has a head offense. I, I just, you can see the talent there. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy talent. I mean, and, and, and if again, you're right. Health is obviously a big, a big important factor, but he's got an interesting supporting cast around him. True. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins, for my money, is the best wide receiver in football. Um, Will Julio Fuller's Jones would differ. <laughs> Julio Jones makes a very strong case, no doubt about it. But yeah. I just, you know, and maybe I'm biased because I get to watch, just, you know, I get to watch Hopkins a couple times a year. But yeah. I, um, no, I mean, Will Fuller is obviously a very talented guy. I actually like what they've gotten out of Kiki QT. I know he's a little banged up right now, but, and then Lamar Miller is still, yeah, obviously not a great lead back, but a, a good lead back and a serviceable guy. And so I don't know. We've seen Deshaun Watson at his peak. And that is phenomenal. And you're right. There's no doubt that a guy like Patrick Mahomes is obviously the odds-on favorite. Even a guy like Andrew Luck, if he can stay healthy and is ready for week one, would probably have better probably better betting odds. But I do think if things break right for a guy like Deshaun Watson, I absolutely see MVP, MVP caliber play out of him. Do you think that Jacksonville Jaguars is going to have a rebound season? <sighs> Man, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, they kind of got – they kind of figured out – well – they got rid of their biggest problem, right? Yeah, <laughs> they got, yeah, it's true. yeah, they got yeah. new court, new quarterback. So we'll see how that goes. I, 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 it's so hard to tell. The thing I thought was interesting about that team last year was that the defense took such a big step back from yeah. being an elite defense to just kind of a good, but maybe not great defense. I think they maybe bounce back. I'm still a big Jalen Ramsey fan. I love what he does on that side of the ball. And I love the kind of the swagger and how much he talks. And I just, I just love that from a cornerback, especially because you, you get it from wide receivers all the time, but I really think it's good when you get to see these corners go at, it reminds me of growing up and watching and Dion and Dion was one of my all time favorites. So I enjoy, I enjoy that. So no, I, I think if that defense can take that step forward, or back, back. I saw even step forward. Just get back to where they were a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Mm-hmm. Then I think, yeah. Then I think there'll be a problem for everybody. Dean Davis online right now. Online right now. Jim Aiello. Follow him at Jim Aiello. Listen, I want to ask you a similar question as far as Jacksonville, but I feel like reading between the lines in your answer and saying that that the quarterback was the biggest issue, you're saying that there's still something there, and that's what I want to ask you. Looking at that defense, do you think it was a little bit of too much too soon, and that they, they since they they made that leap to almost get into the Super Bowl, and I don't want to say heads got big, but heads got big, and even though having a a, a quarterback that can't necessarily uh, win on his side of the ball is going to be an issue, but with the defense like that, I don't know. It's seems like there's a lot of egos in that locker room and they lost their cohesiveness last year. And even if you're going to have an off season, you shouldn't have a season where you fall to the depths that they fail. I, I think you're right. I'm out. I'm not in that locker room every day, so I couldn't tell you if that their heads got too big, but from the outside, it kind of looked like that, didn't it? I mean, yeah. it kind of looked like these guys maybe thought they were just going to get back to the AFC championship game. No problem. And, and, and that was going to be, that was going to be easy. They were just going to keep doing it year after year. And you see in the NFL, that doesn't happen. I mean, you, all the time we have playoff teams that, that go there, look good. And then the next year they're seven and nine, six and 10. They can't, you know, can't, can't repeat it. So I think 
going in. I mean, if you're a well-coached team, you learn from that. You bounce back from that. You say, okay, this is what it takes. We saw this a couple of years ago, and now we have to, now we know now we know what what it, what it takes, and that it's not just a given anymore, right? And the other thing about the last year, though, was that you're talking about 2017 when Jacksonville was really really good. Well, you know, Andrew Luck didn't play that season, and so and the Tennessee Titans were not. I don't know. They weren't weren't very good. weren't as big of a challenge as they were before. Same with Houston. So I think that the division got better around Jacksonville. And so that was part of the issue too. But like you said, I still think that defense has got so much talent on it that I, I'm, I'm a believer that they're going to cause a lot of teams some problems and then get back to, you know, that, that Saxonville uh, mantra that they like to tout so much. Speaking about the Titans and looking at the quarterbacks that you have in that division outside of Jacksonville, uh, is there any fear that perhaps you could be going up against Tua Tua Valea next season because mm. it seems like Mariota's going to be out of there. Do you think Mariota's going to be able to have a, a decent enough season? And plus, Mike Rabel didn't, uh, didn't draft him, so what's his true attachment to Mariota? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think Mariota is probably the, still the quarterback of the future. I wouldn't call myself the, the biggest fan of what Marcus Mariota does, but I do think he's, again, a guy that you can win with. I'm not sure he's a guy that's going to go out and win you a bunch of games either. But um, yeah, I don't know. I so they have they're they're more they're more predicated around that run game, right? They want to they want to pound the ball a lot. And we saw what um, Derrick Henry kind of did at those last few weeks of the season, and kind of how they they just ran the ball down people's throats for a while. They still can they still are a very creative offense, at least running the ball. I think that's kind of what they're going to want to do, and maybe take a little less a little pressure off of Marcus Mariota. That said. They did draft another receiver in the first round. AJ Brown is very talented, and they have Corey Davis already. Um, I'm still a Delaney Walker fan. I think he can still play. So they do have some weapons around him, but yeah, I don't necessarily know that Marcus Mariota is the guy that's going to lead you to the promised land so much as he's the guy that can just be along for the ride and be a you know a good quarterback that can kind of just not make mistakes. D and Davis show on the line was running out Jim Allo. Make sure you follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Allo down at the Indy Star. And I mean, we're kind of like, yes, we're not probably the biggest fan of Marcus Mariota, but they finished nine to seven. Looking at the the entire uh just every every division in NFL and just say if Jacksonville can get back to where they once was, the AFC South might be the probably the toughest division in NFL right now. Jim, would you agree? Yeah, the AFC South is going to be tough. I mean, I think the division that you know Chicago, the Chicago Bears are in is going to be a pretty tough one too. So, but no, like you said, Jacksonville is going to be a tough defense. Tennessee, like you said, had a pretty good year last mm-hmm. year, a pretty balanced team. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I think Houston and Indianapolis are going to be the teams that, that compete for the division title. So yeah, there's four good teams there. I do think, like I said, I, it's kind of kind of hard to peg what the toughest division is right now because I still think there's going to be some other some other good ones around the league. But definitely, it's going to be in the conversation for yeah. sure. Give us how, give us the the records what you think or at least where you think the teams will finish in the AFC South. But since you mentioned the NFC North, give me the NFC North also. You want the records for every team? You can give me the records or just where they're going to finish as far as first, okay. second, and third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go – oh, man. I'm still – boy, that's tough. I, I'm trying to think of South. I'm going to go – I'll go – I guess it's a homer pick, but I'm going to go with the Colts. I think it's going to go Colts-Houston. I think Houston's going to be right there, though, in the wild card. And then, uh, yeah, I'll go Jacksonville, then Tennessee. Hmm, okay. And uh, on the north, uh, I should probably tell you guys I'm from – I'm from the Chicago suburbs. Okay. I grew up oh, there. Okay. Stay with so, okay. Stay going okay. Homer. Then. So, stay going. Home. So I'm definitely I'm definitely going Homer on that one. I'm going with the Bears on, uh, to win the division there. And uh, 
I still think Minnesota is going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota is a really balanced team. I yeah. still, if, they, if Dalvin Cook and Manning stay, stay healthy, that offense is going to be a problem. And we've already seen what that defense can do. They, like Daniel Hunter is just a, just, oh man, can he hunt down a quarterback? And so I think Viking, the Vikings are going to be really good. And then, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect out of that Green Bay offense right now with Matt LaFleur and, and how he's getting along with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I know we can all expect Aaron Rodgers to be good, but what's it going to be like? And is it going to be good enough? So I'm going to go, I'll go Bears, Vikings, but the Vikings definitely in the wild card hunt. And then uh, Packers, Lions. This is, this is my last question for you. First of <laughs> all, how was Mario Andretti's villa and how dare you drive him in a Honda Elantra? Wait, say that again? Oh, and a hundred. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I mean, when I read, yeah. when I saw, that, I was like, "How could he do that?" That's a, that's an exotic car rental day, Jim. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know what I was thinking. I I, I got nervous, and I I and I can't tell you. I was pulling up to his house, and I'm going, "I can't believe I'm picking up in a Hyundai Elantra." And so later <laughs> in the later in the day, he's walking out, and we're talking. And he's showing me around the house, and he goes, "Hey." And he shows me this Lamborghini he's got. I mean, it's just the thing is gory. He, you know, he fires it up. But I mean, it's he's playing opera in the background as he's got the thing going. It's incredible. And then he turns it off and he goes, "Yeah, I was gonna take you out in this, but then I figured, ah, why waste the time?" And I was like, "No, oh, no." <laughs> damn Elantra! <laughs> Next time you you stop me in the Elantra and you just say, "Let's go take my Lamborghini instead." Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> so, cool, man. That's for the movie yeah. breaks right there, Jim. Man, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. We love having you on. Appreciate it. We'll talk to oh. you down the line man appreciate it sounds good thanks guys all right that was jim aiello uh make sure you follow him on twitter at jim aiello uh colts insider at the indy star what was the name of the podcast he the colts cover two the The tony dungy defense covered well dennis green would say it's his denny green it's denny green damn it (laughs) he was telling facts though from the from the graves that was a third preseason game back when the third preseason game was the tuner and mm-hmm. the Cardinals handed the Bears their stuff before the Bears put in the scrubs they did Denny Green was speaking facts when he said that that was a Devin Hester like a game if it wasn't that R.I.P. Denny Green from Northwestern yes. to the 49ers to Minnesota, Minnesota. And down there yeah man to the uh, Carolina I mean not to, to the Cardinals, Cardinals. R.I.P. Denny Green you Great opened Denny some Green. doors and even tried to I believe steal, steal ownership from your own <laughs> I like it <laughs> Sisty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to come back and go to cover I two. Can't even say I'm, single, I'm sorry. Up for grabs. <laughs> the and Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. All right, it is time to go up for grabs with Ryan Bukabeski. Ryan, what you got for this week? Yeah. Well, sticking with our little AFC preview episode this week, I want to start off with some questions about the AFC and get your thoughts, not just the experts. Who are your AFC division winners this season for question one? Um, I have the Steelers winning the AFC North. We already know the Patriots will forever win the AFC East because they play in the worst division in football. I think you have to go with Kansas City winning the AFC West. I think the the question will be when we talk to Albright if what the Chargers are the Chargers make up and how he feels about Philip Rivers career wise. AFC South is the hard one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna go Colts. I, I would have went Colts if 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 there wasn't an injury to Andrew Luck. I, 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 we went from last year being like he's back. 
Uh, he may not be exactly the same guy, but he was so superior and such a great athlete on top of how smart Andrew Luck was that he still was looking like he could be an MVP, like we were talking with Jim Aiello. But I can't go with them, so I'm going to have to go with, I would go with Houston, but I'm fearful that the Jags are going to jump in that division because Houston has a, te- a terrible offensive line. Like, you, you basically know Watson's going to get hurt. Like, it's just the truth. And he hasn't to this point, because of how much of a gamer he is, learned to just get rid of the ball. He's waiting old school Ben Roethlisberger trying to make something happen. And sometimes, because you're not as big as Ben Roethlisberger. You not gotta, even close. Yeah, you got to let that ball, get that ball out of hand so you don't take the hit. So that's that's mine's D. Uh, hey, listen, that's a mirror right there for me. Uh, Patriots are definitely going to win AFC East. I will, I'm, no, no, it's not a mirror. No, it's not Wait, a mirror. Wait, who is your AFC South? I'm going with... Houston, but really the Jags. Jags is what I'm going with. Because I don't think... <laughs> it's, we'll put it like Jags. this. If, if Watson's healthy, I'm going with Houston. I just don't believe Watson can play a whole season yet. Hmm. Well, uh, let's just take injury out of it, just based on what you kind of feel. Obviously, this is, we're not Everybody's holding it to Everybody's Okay, let healthy. me ask you this. Does, does Davion Clowney get traded away? Let's let's say he's with the Texans. I'll go Texans, then. Okay. Because they right. have the better quarterback. Okay. Uh, I will go AFC East, New England Patriots, the AFC North. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I believe in what buying they got. the hype train. I'm huh? buying a hype train with the Cleveland Browns. Speaking yes, the, I am. Yeah, Freddie yep. Kitchens. Kitchens was the running back coach last Because year. Baltimore, I think, took a step back. He was sweeping the steps. <laughs> <laughs> he got the talent, man. He got the talent. That's no. coach. That's my coach right there. I can coach the team. My coach was taking out the trash. <laughs> He was the quality insurance guy watching the video. I think Baltimore. I think Baltimore took a step back because the, the the players that they lost. I think Pittsburgh. I j- I just don't know about Pittsburgh. I'm 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 fifty fifty on it. What don't you know about? See, this is the thing so you lose me. Antonio Brown. That's one person. You, I, you can replace him though. To be one of the greatest receivers of all time. True, but I, all of our lives. How many times can Big Ben just keep standing back there and, and stand up lives, straight? Mike Wallace. Plastico Burris, Heinz Ward, they always lose. Yeah, it. but you know what? They had a younger Ben Roethlisberger too. He was younger back then. I don't know why. Well, actually, young. though, he's I don't a know. Better, he's, I don't a better know. Pass, he's a better passer, what? and for a quarterback, your mind is they got a good receiver. They keep a good receiver. Oh, court. listen, your mind always your, your mind goes yeah. forward, and your and your body falls back. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know which way. Even, I, I think it's gonna fall off the cliff a second for, for um, eventually for Ben. Even with the doughy face, he's healthier than All he's right. been. And this is the thing that we keep people keep saying, okay. and they keep forgetting about Pittsburgh. They're they're not losing two players because. Uh, uh, Levon Bell, uh, what's the name? Whatever, no, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. You know he don't deserve. It. Yeah, he's up at uh, the, gym, the, the Jets, Jets, right? Yeah. Yes, but guess what? He didn't play last year. No, he didn't. But he people didn't. keep talking about they lost two players. No, no, no. They, they got make- Connor, and okay. he, now it's his second year. A, a running back with more tread, with more tread on the tire. Yeah, that can play well. They have him, and now you just have to see if Washington is going to step up and be Juju. They, why, neither one has to be Antonio Brown. They just have to be really good. You lost two. You lost one. Well, you lost, lost one because the other one didn't play. The other one was they gone. didn't. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and I think. But Cleveland, they had nine wins. But they had nine wins. Yes, tied, nine six and, and one. Tied game. Then you went nine six and one. But I believe Cleveland Browns got better. So I'm going to go I'm with. Not Cleveland. saying they didn't get better, yeah, but I, that's I, a jump. How is it a jump from ten? You, dude, all they got to do is win three more games. They'll be a ten and six. That's where Baltimore finished at ten but and six. They didn't have all these different players in the locker room at that time. Oh, listen. I give you the the combustible, you know, it's an explosion which could be that locker room. Flammable. That's listen. You handle that with care. You don't bring matches around that. I get that. I get that. Who's handling it? Uh, First time head coach. Yeah. 
I'm still going. I'm still you can't going even give me his name. I, I know. I know. We'll but I like the play. We got to take that away. No. They like can't the be there. Nope. If a guy, if nope. a coach is unnameable, clearly the team Listen, sucks. I want to see. I mean, I it's believe, Kitchens is I believe in the Alabama talent. I believe in the talent. So you I'm going to go OBJ? I do. Man. He was the main reason why OBJ, dude, why anybody later. came to go see the Giants. Over or under in the next year and a half, OBJ what? puts OBJ or Baker Mayfield put their hands on each other. And I don't pause. I don't mean that. Never. No, no. I don't think okay. be no Furniture will be moved. I don't think no. Somebody gonna fight. smack that boy. Why you going? And when I mean that boy, I don't mean OBJ. I can't even get through the rest of my division. <laughs> I don't mean OBJ. <laughs> Baker Mayfield <laughs> is just like the thing he did with Duke Duke, Duke Johnson. See, he's gonna do that with someone with real traction in that locker room. Don't let it be a defender. Hey man, listen. And somebody gonna smack that. Boy. You coming in with all this negativity? I'm just stating facts. You coming in with all this negativity? Baker Mayfield's quavos are hanging so low. The Cleveland. Browns will win the AFC North this year. Never! AFC South, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans, and AFC West, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'll go with the Chiefs out West. Too many injury question marks with the Chargers, Chargers for me to buy mm-hmm. into them. They already lost Derwin James for a while. Yep. I'll go with the Steelers still in the North. I don't I don't buy the Browns as much as D does, and I don't buy Baltimore enough to win that one, so I'm going to go with the Steelers. Okay, all right. Obviously, the Patriots in the East and in the South, I'm going to go with the Colts because I think they're going to find a way to put it together with Andrew Luck. I don't think it's going to be the same thing like with the shoulder, but, uh, you know, quarterback injuries are a big thing in that division just in general. He's going to be in and out. That's the problem. He's going to be in and out. Probably. But I'm going to bank he's going to play more than... They better, need better okay. be or on, Better be breaking on Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> he can do enough. He's sitting maybe. there rubbing his hands together like Birdman, like yeah, just a minute away from his job. He down again from a helmet. In. Mm-hmm. Keeping his helmet on. Yeah, I'm gonna just keep my helmet on. I know you're coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't so lucky, are you, Andrew? They got the ointment ready, man. Just put this on real quick. Let's go with your AFC wildcard teams now. Good question. So mine's would have to be Jacksonville and the Chargers. And rank them who's the higher wild card? Who five, who six? Oh, that's Chargers, because I think I want to know who you feel more confident about. I think I think the Chargers are gonna be really good, but uh Kansas City with with, with Patrick Mahomes taking another step is gonna be even better. He says he's worked on his footwork. Um, I think it's going to be the Chargers going to be the top uh, wild card, and then it's going to be uh, the Jacks. Hmm. I was going to say the Jags, but you, I mean, you look for a big rebound uh, from a season, from the past season, and now your quarterback is uh, Nick Foles. And will Nick Foles go back into the regular Nick Foles that we know and not the playoff Nick Still Foles? better than Blake Bortles. He is. He is. He is better than Blake Bortles. I, I give you that one. Um, will they use him right, though, too? Yeah. I mean, this is something new. I mean, last time we tried this, the dude ended up being retired for a little play bit. play action. But think about it. Last time we tried this, he was playing for Guppy. Guppy is a quarterback killer outside of Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. So that's Jeff Fisher. All right. Um, so you're talking. Look what you, I'm looking. I don't love him. But look at what he did. To uh, what's what's the name of uh, the quarterback right now for um, Jared uh, Goff? Look what he did yeah. to Jared Goff, like man. Please. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. He had Vince Young ready to do himself. <laughs> Damn, I'm just staying fat. I love Guppy, man. Lord. 
85 Bears and all that, but man, I, I used to want him to be the Bears head coach. I think a lot of people want him to be the Bears head coach. Please don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Guppy's, Offense is played in this. Guppy's done. We already got one, John Fox. Uh, yeah, there you go. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I think they'll be the. That's your first wild card? That'll be my first wild card. Yeah, if Nick, if Nick if Nick Foles can go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'd, I'd say Jacksonville will be the first wild card. Oh, you just name stuff now. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> and. I said Cleveland, I think, is going to win the AFC North. Maybe maybe Pittsburgh can be behind them. I don't know. Dude, they're not going to get that many wins in that division. Pittsburgh? They're going to beat up on each other in that division. Well, let's see how many wins y'all think the Jacksonville is going to get. All you need is probably like 10 to be ten to be a wild card. I think the Chargers can. And, the, and Pittsburgh had nine wins. I think the Chargers can get 11 wins. You think so? Even off the injuries? What injuries are they got? Yeah, James is going to be down. That's going to be a huge factor for the defense. That's a great point, but they still have a really good defense and a lot of pressure, okay. even though I think thinking about it, isn't Nick Bosa a little banged up? I still. I mean, they, there's a lot of guys on their team up last year. He did. History he's of injuries. Right. Yeah, I right. mean, Keenan Allen, their best receiver. Right, he's, he's always, always banged injured. up. But you know what? Yeah. They, Melvin Gordon is usually there. Well. They have a lot of talent. I, I think, man. And think about it. In that division... No, that's going to be a tough division, too, looking at what they fans just doing with that defense. But I'm going to go with the Chargers still. Okay. All right. Um, I'll go with Pittsburgh to be second wild. I mean, be the second wild card. Yeah, I'll try to be a little different. I'm going to go Houston. I'm just going to buy them a little bit more than Jacksonville at this point in time. I just don't know if there's enough around Nick Foles on offense. And if Leonard Fournette isn't playing great, yeah, that's I don't know point. if they can really that's do much of anything, even though I expect that defense to rebound. I'll go just a little bit of a surprise. I'll go with Baltimore. Another team that's gone through the wars. I know. I want to see them run the ball, play defense, and I think that they have no drama, too. They're going to have drama when that quarterback's hurt. That may happen. It's going to be a lot of Mary J. Blige drama up in there when he hurdling (laughs) over somebody and get his ass knocked into the damn stands. Like, listen, phenomenal athlete. Boy, you better throw that rock. Ooh, Lamar Jackson. He going to run, though. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. He gonna run. Yeah, he's not thick enough. Yeah, not thick enough. Yeah, yeah. He's a slight. He's a slight build. Oof, oof, oof. My last up for grabs for you guys. Who is your AFC championship and who is the representative for the Super Bowl? Ooh, that's tough. That might be too early. Is this just early predictions? Patrick Mahomes, Team Andy Reid, taking down. Wait, they going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, taking down. Good question. I want to say New England. Is anybody ready to knock off New England Patriots? I remember, they had them last year if it was for flip for coin. Yep. And that's with Kareem Hunt being out. Out. Yeah. Imagine, because one thing when you think, they had a bad defense, but you know what helps a defense? A run game. Because mm-hmm. you're taking time away from Tom Brady. And I think now, since they knew coming into the season, they weren't going to have Kareem Hunt. It's running back and back in midi. Uh, so and, and of course Andy Reid's going to scheme the run to the benefit those running backs in the best possible position put, put them in the best possible position I think it's going to be uh, Kansas City man it's the it's time it's the Patrick Mahomes time if he takes another step listen how crazy to take a step in your, your second year but your rookie year basically you threw 50 and it wasn't like you threw 50 had 20 interceptions right you, you, he didn't even have like what his second interception to what the second half of the year, yeah, either like really the last third of the season, basically when he started throwing picks. So I have to go with him and Andy Reid's scheme for him. Listen, Andy Reid can mess up sometimes, and man, with that kid's arm, Lord. Um, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs to make it to the AFC Championship until somebody 
knocks off the Patriots, I gotta say the Patriots, and I think that the AFC, I think the Kansas City Chiefs can't make it out the uh, AFC. Gronk not being there doesn't uh, uh, worry you at all. Man, they just keep on plugging away, and, and and you know what? For a lot of his career, Gronk hasn't been around. Although you imagine if Gronk was there all the time, oh my God! But Gronk was hurt quite a bit, and they was able to find a way to just keep on winning. Yeah. So until somebody is able to, until somebody knocks him off, I'm going to respect the champs. I'm always going to put the champs in the AFC Championship. But I just like what Kansas City is doing. Uh, I like Houston though. If Houston can stay healthy and they can offensive line, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Can't yeah. score enough yeah, because score of that enough. offensive line, and that's, that's true. That secondary might be man, trash they got, too. They, they lost Tyron Mathur. They got Mathur talent in Kansas there. City. Yeah, they got talent around there. But all right, yeah, yeah, I'm agree with that. KC in New England. I think KC is probably the most likely. I'm just going to be a little bit different from mm-hmm. you guys, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with Steelers Patriots. I I believe Patriots very similar to D. I I just they don't get blown out in the playoffs. They're going to win. They don't. And I think the Steelers are going to rebound hard this year. Listen, if the Steelers go through Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is going to light that you know up. He's going to what? Every tail in the Steelers uniform will be on fire. I write, I'm not saying anything like Steelers above Kansas City because I would bet Kansas City if you took me to the window. And you yeah. know they're going to be in KC. They're going to. Yeah. Gonna, oh, oh yeah. I expect Kansas City Steelers to be the number one seat. Aren't yeah. going in the Arrowhead and pulling that out again? Trying to be a little different. I don't need difference. I just need facts. Don't give me different. I already gave you facts give before facts. I gave you different. Give me facts. And it's going to be one team in the AFC that's going to jump up and probably be as it's, it's, it's. I ain't going to say a worst or first anything, but it's going to be a surprise team. It might, it might be Jacksonville. Jacksonville. It might be Jacksonville from last. See, year. I think Pittsburgh's the surprise team. I, I didn't. I don't think they've lost enough for them to be a surprise. Well, they lost that, a troublesome receiver who caused dysfunction at times. I think it's more so. Do we really view Pittsburgh as a Super Bowl contender? Just if everything works out, great, maybe. That's about it. They That's why Michigan I think they're a little bit of a they surprise. They got the Michigan linebacker. Well, they, they got the Michigan linebacker. Yeah, Devin Bush. Yeah, to, yeah. to, to replace yeah. Scherzer. Scherzer, yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. if he can pull that off, man. That's what I'm saying. If they can get that defense, I mean, I have them there. winning the division, but I don't think they can score. And the defense still hasn't been solidified to say they can slow down Kansas City. Well, they got a great offensive line. If Ben plays well, I know Juju Smith-Schuster isn't Antonio Brown, but he's at least a replacement. It's like when the Bears lost Alshon Jeffrey and they replaced him with nothing. Juju can actually be a top receiver, and then they find a way to grow receivers, like you said. All right, coming up next, we're going to go ahead and go a little bit broader around the NFL. We're going to talk to Benjamin Albright, all right, out at Denver, Dean Davis Show. Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay Illa. Official Chicago Bears DJ, and you are listening to the D and Davis Show. Turn it up. D and Davis on the line right now. We have NFL insider Benjamin Albright. He's also a talk show host. Follow him at Albright NFL. Look, I think the first thing I have to ask you, Benjamin, is about. Um, it hurts a little bit. I have to say this. How's former Bears defensive coordinator Vic Fangio doing? Uh, I know it's a preseason game, but looking at what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, it seems like he's doing well. And it seems like Bradley Chubb, if he wasn't fully unlocked, is going to be unlocked. So how are you feeling about him being a head coach now? What's the temperature out there in Denver? Well, Vic has kind of been a a breath of fresh air, you know, out here. Uh, No nonsense coach kind of means what he says, says what he means. Um, installed a bit of a different defensive scheme uh, previously that uh, the Broncos had been running kind of a one-high safety man defense, and obviously Vic likes to run that, you know, more than umbrella zone. They still use the man, but, you know, there's usually uh, safety help over the top uh, to try to ball hawk, and 
you know, I think that uh, I think the defenders certainly like that. Certainly, the secondary does. Uh, anytime you have to play a man all game, you know, you tend to get worn out chasing receivers all over the field. So uh, it tends to be a scenario where. Um, you know, when you get guys that get the opportunity to shine in a system that works a little bit better for them, like, you know, there's no scheme, I think they're pretty happy. So, Let me ask you, in saying that with the one high and how switching to this system, it benefits you, but in this system, your strong safety sometimes has to basically be free. The, the, the player opposite a size of Chris Harris, is he dependable enough? Because even here in Chicago with Amos, he wasn't an interceptor, but he was always in the right spot. So in this system, do you have the strong safety that can perhaps fit it properly? The, yeah, yes. The, yeah, you need to be more interchangeable safety. It's almost like too, too free, too exactly, high. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, exactly like that, yeah. You're looking for ball-hawking safeties, basically guys that, that, that are more traditional free safeties than they are uh, box safeties. Um, and that's kind of what the Broncos have now. you got Justin Simmons, who, who is, has the free safety label, um, but the other safety is Kareem Jackson, you know, a converted corner, uh, and he's, he's basically playing the other high safety. He'll be the starter. Uh, behind them, you've got Will Parks, who's another uh, guy that would fit more in the free safety role. Uh, and then you've got Sua Cravens, who, who kind of fits more in the box safety role. Uh, and then I, I would say Trey Marshall is probably the fifth safety on this team. And, he, and he's, you know, uh, the guy who uh, can kind of do both. Benjamin, what Bronco are you looking forward to watching this season? What should the, what are the Broncos looking forward to? What now? No, no, I said, which Bronco are you looking forward to watching this season? Like who's on your radar? Oh wow! Uh, yeah, Justin Simmons would be one. Um, I think that this defensive scheme is uh, uh, really, really a fit for his skill set. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be very good in it. Um, and he's in a contract year, so you know what a time to to ball out if you're going to. Um, I think Bradley Chubb. You know, you kind of want to see if he, he's looked like he's emerged uh, out here in practice as kind of uh, becoming. Um, it, you know, becoming the guy, um, he's he's kind of a monster to handle, and you know, being opposite Bond means you're going to get freed up a lot more. So, uh, I, I think uh, I think he's probably in for a big year, prime for a big year. Um, over there on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I guess you'd like to see a maturation out of a lot of the young skill players. Uh, you know, you've got Noah Fant at tight end, the guy that uh, they have very high hopes for, a little dinged up after the last preseason game. Cortland Sutton, uh, year two wide receiver that you, you hope can really kind of cement himself as, uh, as that guy. Philip Lindsay, of course, dynamic uh, at the running back position. But I think Royce Freeman really on the, the offensive side of the ball is a guy you really want to kind of watch and see if he can see if he can get going. He had some nagging injury stuff last year, and uh, the Broncos really didn't get a chance to use him the way they wanted to use him as a goal line, short yardage uh, back, and then a, a guy who can spell Lindsay and you can split Lindsay out wide, two back sets. So, um, you know, I think that ultimately that's probably um, the direction that you're looking at. I think that, that ultimately uh, you, you hope that, that those guys emerge. D and Davis show on the line on the line with us right now. Benjamin Albright, NFL Insider. You can follow him on Twitter at Albright NFL. Look, real quick, I want to ask you a couple. One about Gary Kubiak's was about to return and then he didn't return. What was the feeling in Denver on having Kubiak return to a lesser role from his last role as head coach, being offensive coordinator? And did people did people kind of like the fact that it's totally a new coaching staff and they didn't bring back an old coach? Well, I think um, w- without waiting too far into the weeds, there's some animosity that he he thought uh, you know what was going to happen was one thing, and it ultimately didn't shake out that way. I think he wanted to return. 
as an offensive coordinator and work with his sons um, and give up the head coaching part. That part of it he was fine with. He didn't want the stress of the day-to-day you know, head coaching stuff with uh, his health issues. Um, but I think what he envisioned was a situation where uh, the guys that he wanted, he was going to be basically the CEO of the offense, mm. that they were going to hire Vic Fangio. Uh, he was going to be the, the quote-unquote head coach, but really just the head coach of the defense, and that Gary Kubiak was kind of going to be the head coach of the offense, and we get to pick his coaches, and uh, that ultimately didn't turn out. Vic came out here, and Vic said, no, I'm, I'm not hiring certain guys that were on that list, and uh, wanted to bring in his own guys, and uh, there was some, you know, I guess some, um, oh, I don't know, disagreement on that, and, and ultimately everybody just decided to part ways. And with Elway, is there ever a chance, even though he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks and definitely a franchise player there, but with the, the QB carousel, is there ever going to be a time that his seat's going to get hot, or is it the fact that ownership loves him and the fan base loves him and he has that job as long as he wants it? Well, I think his seat is already hot to a degree. Um, but the problem is it's a unique situation. Uh, he doesn't really have a boss right now because the Broncos don't really have an owner. Yeah. Um, the Broncos' ownership is in trust because Mr. Bowen's passed away and it's been in trust for several years because of his declining mental uh, capacity. And um, that none, of the chi- none of the children have met the prerequisites to step into the head of ownership role. So it's kind of, there's just kind of a trust that, uh, that's there. Uh, for executive decisions, but, um, you know, John kind of really runs the, the, the football stuff and doesn't really have a boss. And so, um, that, that's kind of been, you know, that's kind of been a point of contention, I think for some fans and some media, uh, that there's no, you know, they feel like anyway, there's no accountability, although I feel like there is, I mean, if you're not winning, you're accountable to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as his seat getting hot, I, I think if this doesn't work out, this is it. I don't think he's going to get another head coach. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. get another quarterback. Um, you know, maybe next year, if, they, if, if everything fails and Drew Locke, you know, can't get it going and Joe Flacco fails, you might be able to get, you know, get one more quarterback in the draft and get one more shot. But I think ultimately, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think that this is going to be um, – I don't think that he's going to get another shot after this in terms of that. I think it's going to be Vic Fangio is the guy he envisioned, or it's if it flops, I don't think he's going to get another shot. As far as the Bolden children, you mentioned that none of them fit the criteria as far as running the team. Is there any chance if, neither of them, if none of them can fit the criteria that they would look to sell the team in the future? Well, I, I think, no, I, they're grooming Brittany Bolin, I think, for the job. Okay. Um, Beth Bolin had put, had put herself into it. Uh, I, I think Brittany's probably two years away. I think she, she has to finish meeting. She got her, her degree. Uh, she's got a few more prerequisites she's got to meet. Uh, and then I think she's the, I, I would call her the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, I know Beth, Beth, her older sister, is also interested, but uh, I would suggest that Brittany is probably going to wind up being the controlling interest. D and Davis show on the line was right now Benjamin Albright NFL Insider make sure you follow Benjamin on Twitter at Albright NFL uh, Benjamin are you a believer in the Cleveland Browns <laughs> <laughs> Um, to a degree, I mean, I've kind of been a Browns guy since they were struggling. Um, really like the Baker pick. Baker, um, you know, he gets some criticism in the media. Some of it's fair, some of it's not. Um, my my question about this Browns team, like on paper, they look legit. Like they look very, very good on paper. They do. My question really is, uh, with, with regard to them, is uh, if something goes wrong, if things start going wrong. Who's the veteran leader there that's going to step up? Because you've got a young quarterback, you've got young, you know, young receivers. 
uh, with big egos. Um, you've got a head coach that's a first-time head coach. Um, a lot of a lot of youth all over that football team. And when things go wrong, who's the veteran that's going to stand up and uh, and help right the ship? You know, is that going to be Jarvis Landry? Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people have have faith in that or not. We'll see. Um, I don't want to discount anybody, but uh, and, and you know, football is a sport that's populated by guys with big egos. I don't want to sit there and say that, that, that you know the Browns have bigger egos than anybody else. But we've all seen uh, you know Dale Beckham stuff and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield and all that. And so um, I guess you know I, that's my concern. My concern is that you know you're going to wind up with uh, a, a young team that doesn't know how to handle adversity when it finally shows up. Now, last time we had you on, uh, to kind of bring it back to Chicago for a hot quick second. Last time we had you on, you predicted that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the first quarterback uh, selected, and he was. The Bears took him. So kind of give us uh, your your perspective and your look at Mitchell Trubisky right now. Has he him impressed you or, you know, what is something that you want to see a little bit more out of him? Throw from the pocket. <laughs> Well, he's impressed me to a degree. Okay. Um, he, he's looked good in, in at flashes. The question is, can he put it all together consistently? Um, you know, I, I think that he's had flashes of, hey, this guy could be something. But uh, he, the problem is, he doesn't string enough of that together. Uh, you know, to kind of to kind of make you to want to buy in a hundred percent. There's some inconsistency there. He struggles throwing to his left. Uh, so. You know, you really want to see him take that leap this year and kind of kind of start to be more consistent uh, as a quarterback. With with Mitch, it was always going to be a longer learning curve because he didn't have as many reps in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think that um, I, I think that he he could get there. We'll see. I think this is kind of uh, it might be a make or break year for him. Dean Davis on the line right now, Benjamin Albright. Benjamin, going around the AFC West, uh, right now, of course, the cream of the crop is Kansas City. Do you think their defense can be solidified? And now that they know that they're not going to have Kareem Hunt, that that running game is going to get them, I guess, listen, I guess to, to the Super Bowl, looking at a coin flip, stopping them perhaps from getting to the Super Bowl last year. Well, um, you know, they were a D4 all sides away from probably doing it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm not even on paper. The Chargers are probably the more talented team in the AFC West. Uh, but, you know, Kansas City's got an offense in an offensive driven league that can, that can hang with anybody. Uh, I, I don't know if that defense is, is good enough uh, to get them back there. Um, you know, you, you lost your two bookends in, in Justin Houston and D Ford. Now, granted, you replaced that with Frank Clark, and I think he's a better fit for what they're trying to do now as they move from a from a thirty four to a forty three. Um, but Spagnola requires you to get pressure up front with the front four, uh, and then I, I don't know that those linebackers are really kind of a fit for the the system either. I don't know that. I mean, Darren Lee is, but I don't know if the other guy really the other guys really are uh, have the athleticism to do what they they want them to do. Um, so I, I would say that. They'll go as far as that defense will allow them to go. And it's going with the Chargers, and you mentioned them having more talent. What can hold them back, if anything, then? Uh, let's just say Melvin Gordon is back in the building and that their players are healthy for the most part. What can derail them from doing what a lot of people thought that they could perhaps get to the championship game last season? Well, for whatever reason, they always just seem snake bit. You know, uh, it's a lot of it's injury. Uh, last year, Hunter Henry. This year, Derwin James. I mean, they, they just there's a, there's always an injury there. Uh, there's always something. You know, you look at the Chargers roster and you're like, holy heck, they've got a they've got a deep squad. But uh, you know, in the end, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it coaching? Is it is it strength and conditioning? Whatever it is, it's they just don't seem to put it all together. Uh, I think they've got a better coaching staff now than they had with their previous regime, but. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if Anthony Lynn's a guy to, to, to take him to the promised land. And that window is, you know, is probably closing is, you know, how much does Philip Rivers have left in the tank? So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, their defense was absolutely lethal against the Ravens in that playoff game. And then they kind of came out and laid an egg the next week. So, you know, I think that they're susceptible to a quick pass game. If you've got a quick pass game, you can beat them. But um, otherwise, they're, they're pretty solid. The one Achilles heel I think they have is that offensive line uh, is not very good. They've got some spots on it that are okay. But, you know, overall, the strength of that offensive line is not that great. And that's, that's going to be a problem. If you're missing Melvin Gordon and, you know, Philip Rivers is getting older, having an offensive line that's, uh, that's not very good is, is potentially a problem. And listen, I'm a Philip Rivers fan. How much of that blame do you place on Phillip Rivers? And how do you view his career now that it's winding down? And out of that draft class, he's the guy that didn't necessarily win a ring. Well, I think it's funny because I, I think he might have been, you know, the most talented one out of all of them. I, I like Facts. his persona, you know. <laughs> I think he's uh, he's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at his career numbers, they're, they're eye-popping. Um, I think that the question with him is, is, you know, what happened? He was a guy that just just never got to the Super Bowl for whatever reason. Some of that was, uh, you know, mitigating circumstances or, or, or bad luck. Some of it was on him. Um you know, it's it's, it's so tough. He's, he's so divisive. I I think though his personality helps you. If you ever talk to Philip Rivers, I have he's he's a really nice guy. Actually, um, you know that act that he does, he does that on purpose. Yeah. And, uh, and he feeds off that. He feeds off the crowd hating him. You know that makes him. Uh, he thinks that makes him better. Uh, so you know he's kind of playing the heel uh, for whatever it's worth. And I, I think you see some of that with Baker to a degree as well. But. Um, you know, I I think when the book is written on him, it's going to be a lot of um, uh, a lot of unfulfilled potential, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Benjamin, is there a team out there that you're keeping an eye on that didn't have a great season last year, but could potentially have a good season this year? One of those first to last or last to first kind of situations. No, man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think Tampa's going to surprise people, sneak up on people this year. Tampa? Um, I think Atlanta's going to be better than people think. Uh, that division's going to be tough down there. That might be the best division in football quietly. The mm. NFC South quietly might be, just because the, all those teams are actually pretty good, and it's going to be weird to see them cannibalize each other. Um, the Jets might have a breakout year. Uh, I, I expect Sam Darnold to kind of have a breakout year. I don't know if the team as a whole will, but I expect Darnold to have a bit of a breakout year. Uh, I'm trying to think of teams that people could be sleeping on, really. What about um, Jacksonville? Do you think they're going to you know, bounce back? Do you, think Jackson could, Jackson, do you think Jacksonville is going to bounce back? I I don't think Nick Foles is it, man. I, I got to be honest with you. He's, 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 he's just an odd guy. Uh, he was contemplating retirement before you know he got talked into coming back this season. Mm-hmm. He's been contemplating retirement for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that his heart's really in football, and I think that he's always been a guy who's been at his best uh, sitting on the bench as the backup, you know, kind of ready to come in if you need him. But I don't know that he's okay being the guy. I don't know if he's he's a guy that's gonna gonna make guys want to uh, put that extra ten percent in for him. I, I, I don't I don't know that. And then John DeFilippo is an OC. You know, that didn't work out well uh, in Minnesota. Um, it, it's a lot of dink and dunk stuff, and, and, and once the safeties bite down, it really kind of starts to shut it down a little bit. I, I ultimately don't know, you know, where they're going to be. I, I, 
you know, I want to see them go back to, to being successful because, you know, when the Jaguars are good, it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, small market teams being good is kind of fun. But, yeah. I, you know, I really don't know. I, I, I am not – that's not one I would put my uh, – I would bet the farm on. Benjamin, last question. I have to ask you about something on your timeline. Appreciate your service. Okay. And who <laughs> is disrespecting your service to the point you had to post your status report from the Department of Defense? Who's speaking this insolent that needs to be taken care of? Oh, it's a guy who uh, runs a podcast for Barstool Sports. I didn't know anything about the guy. Um, apparently, and I, I'm finding this out on the, some of this on the fly. Uh, apparently, the guy uh, uh, used to be a morning show host in, in the New England area, a fairly successful, fairly successful one. I guess he's kind of he kind of was disgraced or something and got fired. And there's some other stuff in the background there, but um, his producer. Uh, is really the one I had the problem with, not so much him. I, I just cracked a joke about Barstool. I said, who goes to Barstool for sports? Uh, and they kind of took offense and tried to pretend like I hated their podcast, which I didn't even know existed, actually, uh, up until all of this. Uh, but apparently they have a podcast. Um, talk that so talk, Benjamin. It, it turned, what's that? Talk that talk. Well, it's just, it's just turned into something it shouldn't have, you know, it probably should have been handled civilly, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. There are all kinds of allegations. They, they dug up stuff and, and put it out of context and, and said this, that, and there's all kinds of stuff. It's, that's absolutely not true coming out of there now. And, uh, and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So I'm having to go through post records now and, and dig through old thing, old photos, try to find photos and, uh, and, you know, and this kind of stuff and, and get it all together. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just more of a pain trying to go back and, and dig through old stuff to find things to substantiate claims that I've made because uh, you know how it is. I mean, I'm in a reputation business yep, here, yeah. and you know if you if you say something that people think isn't true, well then you lose credibility. So now I got to go back and put out all these fires, and it's just it's just annoying. Thanks for talking with us about it. Yeah, and we appreciate your service, and you're, you're talking to people. You're talking about people that didn't even put themselves on the line, and is disrespectful. And sorry you had to go through that, man. It's, it's, it's okay, guys. Don't worry about it. And I, was, I was happy to come on the show with you. Hey, yeah. Thanks again, Benjamin. We love to have you on. Have a good one. All right, guys. Take care. And that was Benjamin Albright. You can find Benjamin on Twitter at Albright NFL. He's a NFL insider. All right, coming up next, we're going to go ahead and head out to the Steel City, Pittsburgh. All right, we're going to talk to Josh Roundtree of KDKA. All right, FM, Dean Davis Show. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Dean Davis show on the line right now. We have anchor of KDKAFM Josh Roundtree to help us break down the AFC North, in particular those Pittsburgh Steelers, who I guess with what's going on in Oakland have to feel a little bit better about their team. How are you doing, Josh? Doing well, doing well. Uh, it's uh, always interesting around the Steelers. <laughs> is it, but look, 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 is it is it interesting now? I mean, last year at the beginning of the season, you had the the saga of, of Le'Veon Bell. Will he return? Will he not? And that went all the way till almost the end of the season. And then you have the Antonio the Antonio Brown, who's has always been a, a ruckus starter. But what happened with the last game of the season? It just seems like more noise was going on in that locker room. And the locker room, I want to say, it just seemed like it's more solid than it's been in the past couple of seasons. Is it? Yeah, that's I mean, that's certainly fair. Uh, It is, um, you know, I think there was kind of a cloud of distraction that hung over uh, the organization as a whole uh, these last couple of years. You know, you know, the the Antonio Brown stuff was always just this kind of sideshow sort of thing. And I don't think until really that last week of the season that it was, 
he was never really that big of an issue uh, within the organization. The Le'Veon Bell thing, though, I think last year was was maybe more of a problem. I, I think that there were certainly some distractions caused by that. You know, you have a veteran group of offensive linemen um, early in the season. There were a couple of comments made from some of those guys about him not being there. I think uh, they, they peeled back on that a little bit. But I think that at the end of the day that there was probably, you know, some form of resentment in the fact that, you know, they were out there you know, working and grinding day in and day out. Uh, and that a guy that they thought was going to be part of, of the journey with them uh, was in Miami being photographed on jet skis and uh, all the other things that, you know, Le'Veon Bell did to keep his uh, time occupied other than play football. So uh, that was, I think, more of the issue last year until week 17 when uh, obviously things went so south with Antonio Brown and uh, obviously that ended up leading to uh, to him being a Raider. Also on Le'Veon, he's he's dropping rap albums. You can't tell me you didn't enjoy those those hot lyrics. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, I, I guess I won't comment uh, on my opinion of Le'Veon's music making, uh, other than it's uh, you can call it trash. His, Go ahead. his rap trash. is not my cup of tea. I'll, I'll just put it that I'll way. I'll do it for you. You think it's trash? I didn't even listen, so and I'm not. <laughs> Wish him the best. It's not happening. Look, before D jumps in, I want to focus a little bit on leadership when it comes to the Steelers, and that squares falls squarely on Mike Tomlin and Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, with Tomlin and what happened last year, as far as not getting to the playoffs, you know he got a one year extension, but that's not a lot for coaches that done as much as him, but looking at the talent that has been on that roster of late, even though you got the Patriots and that's always an issue, what's the temperature in, in, in Pittsburgh when it comes to him and his stability? And then with Big Ben, uh, I hate to say this, you look at him as being part of the problem when it comes to, to A.B. and even Le'Veon, even though Le'Veon wasn't there, but with Le'Veon being gone and it being so quiet, is everything fine and are, will the team follow him or is there still always something as far as, I don't know, a leadership quality that he's lacking? Yeah, and I think I think that's uh, that has been a more than reasonable question. Um you know, as far as the Mike Tomlin uh, issue goes, you know, you mentioned the one year extension. That contract does have a second year option on it as well. Um, so if things go well, Mike Tomlin's going to be the guy here going forward. The organization is trusting in him. The Rooney family obviously is a big supporter uh, of his. The general manager, Kevin Colbert, uh, is obviously a big supporter of his. So as far as Mike Tomlin goes, uh, and, and, you know, it's one thing too where I think the last couple of weeks we've really seen where Mike Tomlin's leadership as far as a player's coach comes from. You know, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the situation. Daryl Drake, the team's wide receiver coach. Yeah, he was coaching here in Chicago. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. That's right. So so he passed away last Sunday. It's a tragic um, Sunday morning uh, at training camp in Latrobe. And uh, you could tell that Mike Tomlin kind of emotionally pulled the team together and that they looked to him. And I think that that's where – Mike Tomlin shines the most is his ability to relate to his players uh, and to ultimately be a, a figure of support for them when they need it. Uh, but also, I think at times he's you know very straightforward. We, we've seen him even with young players kind of call guys out uh, this offseason in a, a very public way and, and be very direct. And uh, I, I think that leadership, I don't think so much is an issue with Mike Tomlin as much as it is flat out results. And uh, until, you know, the Steelers miss the playoffs, uh, it, that is not a good thing here in the city of Pittsburgh. That is not understandable. Uh, there really is no reason, especially with a team that was 
fairly healthy last year like the Steelers were, um, there's really no reason that, that anybody thinks that that should ever happen here in Pittsburgh. So I think that's where, you know, with Mike Tomlin, some of the issues lie is more of just what happens on the field and, and ultimately the wins and losses. Now with Roethlisberger, um, you know, I think in the past there have certainly been legitimate questions as to his leadership and uh, his capability to be a leader. Uh, the one thing that I think spurred a lot of the recent criticism, especially nationally, has been with the Antonio Brown situation. And to that, I would say, who's still causing problems for right. themselves? It's still Antonio Brown. The guy's yeah. made three headlines this preseason for just ridiculous things that have absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Ben Roethlisberger or his leadership. And there, his team has only played two preseason games. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, we have seen a more uh, established leadership figure in Ben when he's on the field. He looks like a guy that is truly taking to heart. Uh, I think some of the things that were said about him uh, in a, a national spotlight situation while everything went south with Antonio Brown, and uh, we have definitely seen a guy that appears to be much more hands-on when it comes to dealing with the wide receivers. He took them on a trip before training camp started down to his house uh, in Georgia. They got away. They went to the lake. He took all the skill position players out. Uh, and invited them down. And uh, I think that they did a, a, a lot of bonding, as weird as that is to say, for a group of uh, million-dollar grown men. But uh, I think they did a lot of bonding that I think really uh, kind of benefited him and, and I think ultimately will benefit that offense and the team as a whole. Dean Davis on the line right now, Josh Roundtree. Make sure you follow him at J Round 32. Thank you, D. That's, That's my it. man right there. Real quick, you know Big Ben was the reason that Antonio Brown didn't have the proper footwear. He stole it. But no, on a, a real question, <laughs> right before D jumps in, you brought up Daryl Drake. And looking at the fact that I've, outside of the D, always having questions on defense, particularly when you're talking about linebackers and defensive backs, what's the loss of Derek Drake going to be in the receiver room when you're looking for these young players to step up and the guy that they were familiar with, that's going to be hard on them to, to have to mourn him but yet get prepared for the season. Yeah, and and that's um that's certainly a I think uh, an area where we're going to be watching them closely this year. Now, uh, the team has not made a decision yet as to who may might take over that position. I can tell you uh, that Ray Sherman has been around. He's a guy that has 40 plus years of coaching experience, 18 years as an NFL wide receiver coach. He was in camp already um, just as a consultant, and he was working with the wide receivers two days after Daryl Drake's passing when they were back out on the field. So uh, if the organization is going to make a move, which they have not announced yet, I would assume that Ray Sherman would take over the wide receiver coaching role, uh, at least on an interim basis. Now, uh, he is a guy that's been around He's, I think, 67 years old. Uh, but that is another uh, older, mature, kind of father-like figure that I think could be very beneficial to a young group of wide receivers. And uh, that's really, I think, where any concerns about how they get over this, how they transition now – centers around the fact that they are a fairly young group of players. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster two years ago was the youngest player in all of football. Uh, and and now he's their number one. He is the guy out there for them on the field and he will not have Antonio Brown to take double teams and triple teams. He's going to have to fight through that and they're going to need a variety of other guys to step up as well, including Ben Roethlisberger. And you know, kind of circling back to the you know, leadership and uh, issues with Ben Roethlisberger, I think now more than ever 
Denver is where you're going to see his leadership have to shine through the most is now without Daryl Drake and that group of receivers looking for a figure um, to, to kind of lead them. It's going to have to come back to Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that's entering year number 16 in the league. Josh, this is D. I was actually going to uh, ask you about Ben Roethlisberger and the fact that, yes, it's another year up under the belt for him, but what can Steelers fans expect from uh, Ben Roethlisberger this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you look at what he did last year, led the league in interceptions, um, but also put up a 5,000-yard season. Um, There was some good and there was some really, really bad at times. There was some terrible decision-making in some key moments of games. Um, And I think now the question is, you know, how does Ben get familiarized with out – Antonio Brown. I mean, that's going to be what it comes down to because Antonio Brown was the guy that was always the bailout for him. When nobody else was open, Antonio Brown was wide open. And, uh, you know, now he's going to have to, I think, lead a different offense. I would expect him to spread the ball around a lot more. They brought in Dante Moncrief in the offseason, a guy that's been in the league for six years now, a more veteran receiver. He has Juju Smith-Schuster, who has, without question, been the most impressive player uh, throughout training camp in this preseason so far on the entire roster. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a more balanced attack. And I also think you're going to see an offense that relies a little bit more on the run game as well. They have a Pro Bowl caliber running back uh, from last year and James Conner coming back and some new weapons back there uh, as well. So uh, I think more balance to the offense will help Ben Roethlisberger. But at the end of the day, I mean, when there's two minutes left and you're down by three, you're going to want that guy out there throwing the football. And that's ultimately going to be uh, the kind of offense that they have to be when they absolutely need it. D and Davis show on allowance right now. Josh Roundtree, make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at JRound32. Uh, if the Pittsburgh Steelers don't make the playoffs, do you think Tomlin uh, could possibly be uh, showing the door? Uh, you know, it would have to be, I, I would say, a pretty terrible season if it's a borderline year where they miss by a game kind of like last year where Mm -hmm. you know it literally came down to the last series uh in another game in that uh, cleveland baltimore game where baker mayfield nearly uh led uh, the browns down the field to beat baltimore and that would have got the steelers into the playoffs i mean if it's something like that maybe there's one more year they have given him the contract extension um if you know they're healthy and they have some sort of disastrous year where they win four or five games, then, you know, that, that could become an option for them. Um, but again, you know, guys, the organization, they, uh, you know, they are backing Mike Tomlin. Um, they've shown it time and time again, uh, through good seasons and, and not so good seasons, even though he's never had a losing season here in Pittsburgh, um, they right. have decided to back him. And, uh, you know, the one kind of interesting thing with all of this is, you know, his contract is up the same year that Ben Roethlisberger's uh, extension is up as well. Uh, and then the general manager, Kevin Colbert, is going to go on a year-to-year basis. Uh, he told us that uh, early in training camp that he's going to take his contract on a year-to-year basis. So um, there's kind of that core group of Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and Ben Roethlisberger that are all maybe going to be at the end of their contracts at the same time after 2021. And uh, that could be you know, kind of a turning point in the organization of, of which direction they decide to go to with the future. And, um, but as of right now for Mike Tomlin, you know, short of a, a, just a total disastrous season, 
uh, I would expect to see him back in Pittsburgh next year. Now, I've been uh, heaping the praise of the Cleveland Browns here on the show. <laughs> you and, and the, everybody else. And and the kid, yeah, yes, yes. And the guys have been poo-pooing all over this. So I sure have. He has. Ken has. But who do you think is going to be the toughest uh, competitor uh, within the division for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers this season? Well, here's what I'll say. I mean, look, the hype around the Cleveland Browns has probably been blown out of proportion a little bit. They're certainly going to be better than they were. At least they should be better than they were. They've Mm -hmm. added Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, that's a a legitimate weapon on the outside for them. Um, The one thing about Cleveland is, you know, you look at their defense last year. I think they were 28th in run defense last year. They got to get better there. I mean, they have to get better up front or teams like the Steelers, teams like the Ravens will, you know, take advantage of them. Baker Mayfield showed a lot of good things last year, and, and there's no doubt about that. But he was also, I think it was one in six against teams with winning records a year ago. Hmm. Uh, can can he go over the top and be a winning quarterback against good teams for Cleveland? If he can, yeah, no doubt. Cleveland's going to be, I think, the team probably to beat in the AFC North. Um, and then you know, the funny thing is, it seems like a lot of people, especially around here, are talking Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Who's it going to be? Everyone's forgetting that the Baltimore Ravens won this division last year. They were the AFC North winners last year. So uh, I wouldn't count them out either if Lamar Jackson, I think, can figure some things out in the passing game because he's still a guy that very much relies, I think, too much on his legs. If he can get some things figured out in the passing game, Baltimore is going to be a tough team, too. So there's three teams, I think, at the top there that are really going to battle for that that one spot and probably at the end of the season be separated by one game each in some direction because uh, Cincinnati is kind of an unknown right now with a new coach. But uh, I think those are the three teams. I would not be surprised if either of those three teams ends up as the AFC North champs. Dean Davis on the line right now, Josh Roundtree anchor at KDKA FM real quick inside of that division. How do you have them all finishing out? You don't have to give me a record, but at least give me first, second, third and the Bengals last. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, you're putting me on the spot. Um, you know, I would, I would say, uh, it's, it's tough to go out on a limb and say that Cleveland's going to win the division, uh, because I have to see it first. I, I have to see the Browns win something before I say that they can win something. Um, so I'm going to say the Steelers probably win the division, not with an overwhelmingly great record. I would say something like 10 and six would get it done. Um, maybe even nine and seven, because I think the division's largely going to beat up on one another. Um, but I would say uh, Steelers first Browns, a very close second and uh, a Ra- the Ravens are a pretty close third with uh, Cincinnati finishing uh, in fourth. But I, I think Cincinnati, you know, I, there's still some talent there and, and uh, they're not going to be, some rollover team. They never really are for the Steelers, though somehow the Steelers always find a way to, to end up beating them. And look, even with Cincinnati and you're talking about the running game and the defense of the Cleveland Browns, they have Mixon back there. So that's another player that can hurt those Browns who I'm hating on because to me, I'm looking at the narrative and since they're a shiny toy, uh, people are putting them ahead of Pittsburgh. But I look at the fact and I think a lot of people are forgetting that Le'Veon Bell was gone last year. They keep thinking that Pittsburgh lost two players and really it's only one. And Connor yep. gets a chance now to know he's the starting running back. But actually, my question is about the Browns and that's on Freddie Kitchens. A guy, not, not, not no disrespect, uh, the running back coach is now the head coach without ever being a coordinator. And there's a lot of combustible attitudes in there. Uh, you have a, a quarterback who's feeling high and mighty about himself. And 
then you have Odell Beckham and Landry Jones, to say the least. Do you think Freddie Kitchens is going to be able to temper some of the attitudes in that room if things don't necessarily go well? Yeah, and you're touching on, I think, the biggest question with the Cleveland Browns this year. I mean, how does a first-year head coach handle what will inevitably inevitably be a season of drama? I mean, you know, there's no doubt that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to say something, do something. He already has, you know. Baker Mayfield has that same kind of uh, combustible personality where, you know, you never quite know what the next thing out of his mouth is going to be. And uh, it's going to take, uh, you know, I think more than Freddie Kitchens, it's going to take some leader to stand up in that locker room and and kind of guide the way on what is a uh, an explosive group of individuals uh, with uh, a lot of egos in that room? Uh, and, and that's where you know I'm talking about can you know can Cleveland show me can they win going forward when they haven't done it before? That's the biggest question with it. It's not their talent. I mean, talent for talent, they're just as good as anybody in the AFC North. Maybe just as good as anybody in the AFC right now, but can they wrangle it all together in year one? Now, year two, year three with Freddie Kitchens, things might improve and and guys might find their roles better. They might weed out some issues that they have. But in year one, when everything is so new, I I don't know. I got to see it happen first before I believe it. The hype is real uh, because they are talented. But this game is more than talent, as we've seen with the Steelers. The Steelers, pound for pound, guys, were maybe the most talented team in the AFC last year. You look at what they had at position by position, and they ended up missing the playoffs. So it's not always about talent, uh, but you know, the chemistry and leadership certainly is a, a big part of the game. Josh, to get you, out of, get you out of here on this one, I saw a report coming out from uh, WLS890.com, and it said that Jay-Z has been rumored to be able to purchase or possibly purchase 5% of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I want to know, if have you heard any news about that? And if so, what can you let us know? Yeah, uh, I, I saw something about that earlier today. I don't know, to be honest with you, how much legitimacy there is in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one issue I think that would rise up the most with that is that, if I'm not mistaken, Jay-Z, he owns a sports agency, does he not? Yeah, Where, he does. Yeah. Right. So his sports agency, I don't. I, I would see the NFL viewing that potentially as a massive conflict of interest if you have – a guy that's a partial owner of a team also being involved with a sports agency unless he fully backs out of divest, uh, that divest from it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he divested from the nets in order to start the sports. Start, exactly. Good one, Josh. Look at you, man. You're killing it on all angles. <laughs> man, we got some Jay Z talking like that's, you know, that I will say, Jay-Z over Le'Veon Bell as far as rappers go. Like there I'll, go. I'll <laughs> firmly throw that down right now. I'll take hmm. Jay-Z all day, every day. But I don't, I, Jay's not putting up 1,000-yard seasons. That's Facts. that's the only issue there. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we shall see. Uh, I mean, Jay-Z obviously been in the news a lot, especially with the NFL, but uh, it was a rumor that he was possibly going to be a part owner of a team, and it's rumored right now to Pittsburgh Steelers. So we shall see. All right, Josh, yeah. we appreciate it. <laughs> Guys, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. All right, that was Josh Roundtree out of Pittsburgh, reporter and anchor of KDKA-FM. All right, we'll come on back, wrap up the show, Dean Davis Show. Yo, what's up? This is Rashid Hadi, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Yeah. D and Davis show. All right, last segment, man. But before we get up out of here, Ken got something he really want to really talk about. What you got, Ken? Listen. 
we all know when it comes to baseball, this city is somewhat divided between the north side and the south side. Somewhat? No, because you got a lot of people that like both teams now more than they used. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. A lot of fair weather. I'm just joking. But one thing that's been consistent about the south side, unfortunately, is Shuddy going to get that dough. And the birds do be a flying. Today, you had Dotel, Octavio Dotel, and Luis Costello linked to a drug ring. Oh, no. Shout out to Esteban Luaz. Oh, wow. But see, this is the thing, though. Honestly, honest to God, facts. The black socks and the drug socks? Oh, my facts. God. Isn't it, isn't it hard for, when you think about, and, I, and now I'm stereotyping, so please forgive me, but... It, how easy it is probably in Latin America and how close in proximity they are to the places where they basically make cocaine and that you're an MLB player with enough sums left to where you can flip a little something and you're not making the money that you used to make. Perhaps you didn't necessarily uh, save your money properly and someone hit you with, dude, you give me this 30 grand or whatever and I can get you back about 150. It, I bet it's hard to turn that down. And then you start to kind of get that money. And man, you can't stop. Did, you, did anyone of y'all see the, um, the uh, I forgot his last name, but the oldest uh, DeBarge Boys uh, TV One movie? I heard about it. Yeah, My grandmother broke it down to me. She was like, this boy was out here. Wow. Yeah. And he's the reason. <laughs> like, grandma, are you serious? He's boy, the reason, I'm telling you. He's the reason Chico got popped. Yeah. He was dealing yeah. together. Yeah. And I, I, it makes me kind of think about that where you're, you're, loose to, you're used to a certain lifestyle and as it's slipping away, you hear you, you people and we hear you get a get rich quick scheme and you think that you're bulletproof. But I'm, I'm joking, but it was sad that uh, both these guys got uh, popped in, uh, you know, the Dominican Republic Attorney General uh, Gene Allen Rodriguez said police are also actively pursuing an alleged leader of the ring, Cesar Elmo Peralta, also known as Cesar the Abuser. Hey, isn't this the guy that was in, this guy was involved in the Poppy, uh, big Poppy. The poppy shooting. I thought they got the that. Abuser. I, thought, I thought they got that guy though. No, but I, I, the abuser was in there. We It definitely was in the oh, abuser. I don't, I don't and remember. this Dominican Republic, oh man, see, this, this is all terrible. This all goes back to Ken making it all together. And you know what? This it did, wouldn't it did wouldn't they say with shrugs? Sorry? Oh. Probably, probably Dominican coke. officials say probably coke. 150 kilogram shipment of drugs heading from South America to Puerto Rico. That's drug. That's coke. It's probably coke. <laughs> Could, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised back in Prohibition that it was a base, baseball players was doing the same thing up here for liquor. Oh, and maybe it was the White Sox. Fast. Probably was. Probably, he, hey, listen, between us, <laughs> between us and the St. Louis Cardinals, maybe it was the Roonies and maybe it was the Kennedys. That too. That too. Yeah. All yeah. Right, that's why they made their money, right? And I don't know if the Roonies were just bootlegging and or gambling, but yeah, this yeah. is how a lot of people came up. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me like Chicago and St. Louis, the gateways out west, if they wanted to get some too, not that far from Canada. Yeah. Listen, man, unfortunately, a lot of people have their hands in things that they should not have their hands in. And this doesn't surprise me. It's a lot of people who are like, man, you were doing what? You moved how much weight? You? Wow. And it comes out finally. Do you think there's any chance they didn't know what they were getting into? Oh, they knew. On Instagram. They knew. On on his Instagram account, Luis Costello denied any ties to drugs. Quote, the truth is my country no longer works. My God. Do you think after making millions of dollars in baseball, I'm going to dirty my hands with drugs? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, um, if, if you can move it, let me say something, man. I think a lot of people would be tempted if their circumstances aren't the best. And this happens now. Your circumstances aren't the best. And they, these cats had. And you could maybe be Pablo cat, Escobar? Possibly, but these cats had money, so they probably shouldn't have done it unless they blew their money. I don't know. But if your circumstances are bad and you figure that you could just be a pipeline or somebody can get something to somewhere else, and it's like, dude, listen, as Ken said, man, you could put down five, I can get you 10. I, you could put the decimal place where we're going to be, uh, where the commas, wherever they're going to be. It's tempting. And unfortunately, people fall into it. You got to stay on the weed train, though. though. Sure, they going to move it. No, not when it became illegal. Wait, what'd you say? We gotta stay on that weed train. Nah. It's too risky with coke. Yeah, but how much weed can you? What kind of I Mexican don't. brick pack? We, dog, the old days, like how? this was 20 years ago. Yeah. Dude, but they, okay. all these strains that people are smoking, you they, want some old school. Wait a minute. Brick. They just popped somebody yeah. in the States for like jalapenos and jalapenos. Yes. Yes. A trucker had the holla, had the weed and the jalapenos. It was millions of dollars yep. worth of marijuana. And, and you would think, from? and you would think, probably Mexico. No, I doubt it. Wait, what do you think? Because all these growers, and you find out going into California, you don't think Mexico is growing those strains too? Proximity. It's why, for instance, Chevy. For instance, it's why German car plants are here in America instead of them sending them here. Like when you look at the fact, and I'm not listen. Also, no one's saying that Mexicans aren't still involved in this, but you can do that. Well, at least from, they a pipeline. You can do that from California, no, but you can do it from Cali now. No, it no, no. But 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 I think the point of me and Ryan is just saying is that weed is still illegal that and steed and will and weed is still make is very very profitable that's, on the black market. But that's not the point that I was. That's not. That's okay. Not, what was you saying? saying? I was sorry. saying that I don't think there's enough profit in selling marijuana, sending marijuana from Mexico now that there's so many weed producers here in the state that you can get the weed from. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't. I mean, I agree with that, but it's just safer. You don't have to worry about I mean, as you, much. You're talking about freshness, right? I mean, think. Oh like, yeah. Think of the difference between. But weed I'm, from I'm 20 saying years ago to weed you from are today. an ex MLB player, and you're going to sell weed. No, you're going to stay with the. You're going to sell weed with the that yam yam. <laughs> I mean, trying to make they should have kept their yam yam yeah. in the first you're place. You're trying to make a buck and not have to flip it later like, on. Wait, you telling me I, I can get a ten percent return, or I can get a fifty percent, and then you can get a bullet? Yeah, theoretically, no one's dying. Theor- <laughs> I mean, okay. as far as former MLB players, yeah. theoretically, you would want to go ahead and just get into the marijuana game because that's what's going to be legal, and you don't have to worry about too much of this. But I mean, like I said before, man, if you can sell, if somebody can offer you to flip something, you can make them make some money. And listen, down there in these islands too, where you are going to be living like a true king, not just kind of like, oh yeah, I got a dispensary. No, you down there, you talking about moving weight and being one of those dudes, man, it's enticing. Man, probably. you're such a huge target though, baseball oh, player, drug target. dealer, yeah, kidnapping, murder, all. Baseball reference as your stats. As I said, you are making a logical. <laughs> Uh, argument for it, but it, it's still happening. We got two guys just got popped for it. Oh, don't forget the third. You see Jeffrey Epstein uh, with an island. You want one too, just without all that foolishness on it. I just moved it. Well, that's the cocaine. thing. To get the island, you have to do I the move. foolishness. You do. So you do. You move that dope. You do. You move do. that dope. Move that dope. See, as don't I, get an island. Get as, a condo on beachfront. As I always say, just make everything legal. 
Hey, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, or on Anchor and YouTube. That's where you can subscribe, rate, share the podcast, watch the podcast eventually. Yeah, you can do that too. All right. Make sure you uh, hit me up on Twitter at Demons1, D E M O N Z E 1. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis. Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. And guys on Twitter at Pay the Guy. Hey, we want to thank Jim Aiello, Colts Insider, for joining us. Also, Benjamin Albright. And last but not least, Josh Roundtree. Guys did well. We appreciate it. We're going to definitely talk to them yes, down yes. the line. And we got NFC next week. NFC, so it's going to yes. bring it home. Everybody's, what about the NFC? What about the Bears? What's going on in NFC? We're giving you NFC next week. So hopefully you enjoy this and you bring your ass back. And we give you a little bit of taste of the NFC and what's going to happen with the beloved Bears. Isn't it crazy? Next week, NFC. Week after, we got games to talk about. Yep. We got to set the draft. I got to set the draft. I'm sending it out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, listen. You know the routine. Don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>